0: Hey, what's up? And welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast. Uh, brought, to, brought to you by Kings Comics, hosted by your usually your good pals, Andrew Levins, thats me—and Siobhan Coombs. Is that you?
1: That's not me. Siobhan
0: Coombs is uh, in in Napa Valley. At the oh, moment.
1: really? Yeah. I hear they do wine there. Yeah, uh,
0: which apparently she's not going to drink any of.
1: Oh no! And I say,
0: good, 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 good decision. Siobhan. I think
1: so because wine is quite scary. <laughs>
0: Uh, But in Siobhan's place while she's away, uh, I have uh, a a dedicated listener Uh We've basically said anyone who listens to this show, write in, give us your details and I'll I'll randomly come and knock on your door And And this
1: was my house that was luckiest to be knocked upon today That's right
0: Uh, Alexi Taliopoulos, uh, congratulations.
1: Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, What's your address, by the way? My address is actually uh, private. I will not disclose that on a podcast. Well, that's where we are right now. Alexi Taliopoulos,
0: actually, a host of two of my favorite podcasts um, from Sydney uh, and a regular guest, I guess. Probably the most regular guest on my other podcast? Yeah, I think I must be. Hey. Hey, fam. Um, But. uh, you started out as uh, one of three hosts uh-huh. of the Blank Slate Movie Podcast, which is a podcast in which you and your co-hosts will blank slate a movie. So, you go in to watch a movie without knowing anything about it. Yeah. It's kind of less about those very strict rules and more just a celebration of movies. Now.
1: Yeah, more, it's become a bit more of that just because uh, when a lot of the time movies that you know nothing about... Who would listen to it because they don't know what the movie is either. So uh, <laughs> it's changed a little bit, but for the most part, it's movies that we know very little about now.
0: And uh, so it's, you, you host that with, with Cameron James. Yep. Used to be uh, with Henry Stone as well, who occasionally pops in from time he to time. He pops in, yeah. He's a pop-in. Um, but you and Cam also have a spin-off podcast, mm-hmm. which now may be bigger than the, the podcast that it span off
1: from. Yeah, ba- it's a little bit bigger now, I think. It's certainly more talked about. Uh,
0: and that podcast is called Mike Check, which is a podcast in which the two of you uh, basically check the movies of Mike Myers... Mm-hmm. Most famous for Austin Powers, Shrek, yes. and
1: Wayne's World. Wayne's World, So Married an Axe Murder. Yeah, well, I mean,
0: surprisingly to everyone, he has a bunch more movies that aren't the ones that everyone knows. Yeah, there's a few. You guys are watching every single one of them, including uh-huh. all of the all of the Shreks.
1: Yeah, that's where we're stuck right now. Is we just did Shrek the Third, and my I say it's a really really horrendous children's <laughs> film because it's got. It's a children's film, and there's not a single joke in there for children. All the jokes are aimed at adults. There's a joke about consent in it for no reason. It's a very, very odd film. Uh, yeah, you should
0: definitely go back and uh, listen to the most recent episode of Mike Check to uh, get a great idea of how funny this show can be. It's the two of you and um, Auntie Donna's uh, Mark Banana.
1: Yeah. I don't know, how, what is his last name? Mark Bonanno. He's Bonanno.
0: Okay, yeah. Cool. I always fuck
1: it up. It's great when you got two funny wog names on a show. It always <laughs> makes it a little bit more spicy.
0: Um, but it's a super funny episode. I mean, I, I think that's... You know, it, it's all well and good when you enjoy one of Mike Myers movies, yeah. but for me, it's way funnier when you
1: hate it. <laughs> well, thankfully for you, we are in the, we are you're uh, deep, the, deep in the straight fan thing. Basically. <laughs> and uh, The Love Guru is the next film oh, that we'll no. be reviewing. So. And you're doing it live, right? Yeah, we're doing a live episode. 21st of May at the Chipper Hotel. Plug away. You can plug it three more times in this episode. Thank goodness. I'll allow it.
0: Um, I actually, while I was uh, DJing and on, on uh, texting you the other night, because mm. I was uh, playing a boring gig. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I we, I think you mentioned doing a, you, an upcoming episode is you did uh, a spin-off with the Filthy Casuals.
1: Yeah, that's next. Oh, this week's episode. Yeah.
0: Which is a, a video games podcast, um, which is actually on the Planet Broadcasting Network. Yes, which, congratulations uh, on your is, success. He's on too. So so is the Auntie, Auntie Donna podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Uh, it got me thinking, like, oh my god, I wonder if Austin Powers, or sorry, not Austin Powers, mm. like Mike Myers, has ever been any of his properties being put into a comic book? Yeah, movie? yeah. So I started big. I was like, <laughs> Wayne's World comic, that might be okay. Yeah, no, it doesn't exist. I reckon it will at Boom or or IDW. It definitely in the next seems few like years. a
1: like a IDW type property. Uh,
0: and then uh, I was like, oh, okay, man, it doesn't exist. Maybe
1: I'll look for Austin Powers. Yeah, nothing. No, there it was. Uh, I think about ten years ago probably more so than that because the Austin Powers movies are older than that yeah. they're trying to do an Austin Powers comic book I don't remember where but they all that has ever been released of is the cover and it looks great like the cover is so cool it's Austin uh like just in his Union Jack underwear scuba diving uh with these beautiful fembots who are beautiful women and then uh he that's all that really was about it never got picked up never got made but they're like are oh, they're that cover got sold on eBay for like a ridiculously low amount of money, like a year before I started going into the Mike Myers thing. And it really upsets me thinking about that could have be mine hanging up on my wall. So, any amount of
0: money spent on Austin Powers merchandise yeah. in 2017 is a stupid amount of money. But mm, you've, yes. you've spent an exceptionally stupid I amount. I spent more
1: of money. than anyone else in history, I, <laughs> I, I, I might imagine. There's, a, there's, a, there's an Austin Powers doll. Yeah, there's an Austin Powers doll on, here. On the desk over there. Uh, there's some other shit around here. I've got my Austin Powers cap somewhere. <laughs> Uh, I've got the Love Guru on Blu-ray. i got a oh, few wow. other extra rentals I had to buy on Blu-ray. Um, I've spent too much. I think I've spent like maybe over $300 on uh, Mike Myers merchandise. <laughs> well,
0: don't worry, because I've just saved you, um, I think it's $8.50. Mm-hmm. I bought the only Mike Myers-related comic that I could find <gasps> while I was DJing. Get night, out. And it is a Shrek comic. <gasps> Shrek-y. A Shrek-y. D- Dark Horse <laughs> put out four <laughs> oh, issues no. of Shrek, the comic, um, and it's it's on my way to my ha- on the way to, on its way oh, to my house. Oh, fantastic! So uh, yeah, yeah, I can't believe Dark Horse put it out. It's a trade, yeah, four issues. I'm gonna read it, lend it to you. Oh, thanks, a, man. A I can't episode. wait. I can't
1: wait to do that cross of episode when where Mike Myers' voice is or likeness <laughs> are no longer involved <laughs> in the property.
0: Isn't there? A, there's a Shrek TV series that doesn't have. Yeah, there's Shrek a lot of
1: Shreky. There's a lot of Shreky things around. So, but but Mike has nothing to do with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he does voices for some of the stuff. Like he did Shrek the Halls. Uh, He did the Far Far Away Karaoke, which is like Far Far Away Idol. There's all oh God, I hate that I'm a fucking Shrek expert now. Like I, (laughs) it sucks that I know more about Shrek than anyone else in this country now. Except Cameron, he knows about the same amount as I do
0: <laughs> Because you tell him
1: Yeah, because i got to <laughs> tell him after I do the research
0: So look, if this conversation sounds even remotely uh, compelling to you <laughs> Believe me, Mike Check is all that more compelling Yeah uh, It's really, really fun watching, listening to all these guys uh, suffer through the the, the uh, legacy of Mike Myers Yeah,
1: well he is our absolute hero We do think he's the funniest guy in history And I, I, I love that- his work, but e- Shrek is uh, painful for Every
0: me Every episode you begin with like, you know, we- we're going through all the Mike Myers movies yeah. And yeah. We're checking them, and so far they've been pretty good. Yeah, and it's like last week I heard you like brought to the point <laughs> of tears over
1: how bad. Yeah, this, yeah, well, Canadian. Drama movie-wise. Like, yeah, well, basically every time between that I just dream about Austin Powers. I'm like, nah, he's awesome. Or I, do, I talk about Wayne's World to someone for like 50 minutes. I'm like, yeah, nah, he's actually really awesome. And I forget about like the thin pink lines and the Pete's Meteors of the world, <laughs> which are movies that no one will ever hear of unless you are listening to Mike Check.
0: Maybe I should. I should have Googled them to see if there are comic adaptations of those.
1: I really <laughs> doubt it. I really doubt it.
0: Uh, so we're going to talk about some comics today um, Sadly, Mike Myers is not featuring any of them uh. But the way we do things on this show is uh, We review everything from DC, Marvel, Image, uh, Dark Horse, everywhere mm-hmm. Pretty much uh, you know, 50-ish comics that came out last week um, And whenever I have a guest on I don't expect them to read all the comics that I read like a crazy person uh-huh. uh, What I do do is uh, have them get pick up all the number ones And our show begins every week with First Things First In which we review all of the number ones that uh, came out last week. So Alexi and I have read all the number ones, and then later in the show, I also got Alexi to read a recent uh, one of my favorite books that, that we talked about on the podcast, um, *The Electric Sublime*. Mm-hmm. Just came out in trade paperback, and I uh, added that to Alexi's order this week from Kings. And uh, you was were able was to a check a very out. cool surprise. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna discuss that. After we go through all of last week's books. So definitely stay tuned right to the end of this podcast. It's going to be a big one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's kick things off with uh, my favorite number one of last week. Um, Marvel actually put out four number ones last mm. week. They just love putting out comics that have the, the number one on them. Yeah. It's their favorite pastime. Um, <clears throat> but uh, we've got some X books um, coming up. But before we get there, uh, what I thought was like just a, a great issue. Um, Black Panther and the crew, number one. By um Ta-Nehisi Coates, uh, with art by Butch Juice, which is uh, second only to uh-huh. the artist on Godshaper this week, as far as incredible names go. Yeah, and Butch Juice. Butch Juice is pretty wonderful. Uh, inks by Scott Hanna and colors by Dan Brown. This spins off from ta Coates' Black Panther run, which if you've been listening to Serious Issues since it started, I took a long time to get into mm. that series. I thought it was very... You could tell it was being written by a very talented writer Who'd never written a comic before Mm. And I stuck with it I it ended extremely strongly.
1: Oh, um, great. I started it, but I didn't finish it because it was the only superhero comic I was buying at the time. <laughs> and I thought, what am I doing? Who am I trying to kid here? <laughs> um,
0: I, sorry, it hasn't actually finished. It's, it's taking a small break now. They've cool. got, made it to 12 issues. The 12th issue ends on such an, a, a joyous moment mm-hmm. for Black Panther fans like myself. And uh, I think as a whole, it's a very cohesive and, and uh, epic kind of story. Um, so in that run, for a few issues... You got introduced to the concept of the crew, which was Black Panther's uh, crew of, uh, of, of black superheroes that mm-hmm. came to Wakanda to help him. So you have Black Panther, Misty Knight, Storm, Luke Cage, and Manifold. Um, and uh, you know most of them should be familiar to people that maybe don't even read comics they so mm-hmm. just watch the Netflix series and the movies. But um, Manifold is uh, one of the few Australian superheroes. He's an Aboriginal oh, cool. Australian teleporter. Oh, okay, I've never heard of manifold before. I would love for a writer to uh, delve deeper into his history uh, in, in in Australia. Okay, of, like, I'll do occasionally, it. So I'll occasionally, occasionally we see him teleport in from like you know generic outback <laughs> yeah. scenario, which is always borderline offensive. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, he's he's one of my favourite characters when he's used well. And Tanner Coat's coates absolutely oh, cool. uses him very well. Um, uh, I'm
1: not familiar with Misty Knight either, who is our lead protagonist in this issue. So you've clearly not watched uh, the train
0: wreck that was Luke Cage, no, the series on Netflix.
1: No, I'm sorry, I didn't do it, guys. So she
0: was easily the best character in in that cool. series, and she, in general, is an excellent character. She, at the moment, she's paired with um, Sam Wilson from Captain, from, mm-hmm. who's currently Captain America. Yeah, um, he did get name dropped in this. That's right, uh, and uh, she, you know, has a long standing history. She was she dated um, Danny Rand for a while. Cool. She. Uh, Teamed up with Colleen Wing, for, also from who's in the Iron Fist show at the moment, uh, but she's a great character, and she's the star of this comic, mm. Black Panther and the Crew Number One.
1: I found her oddly compelling as a character as well, because she walks the line.
0: This is a uh, it's set in Harlem, uh, where you know the, the the streets are lit alight mm-hmm. with uh, tensions between the AmeriCops cops who are, are carry on over from uh, robotic policemen carried over from the Nick Spencer's Captain America run. Uh, and uh, and basically, you know, the, the, the residents of Harlem. Mm. And as a resident of Harlem, who is also a police officer, uh, Misty Knight is torn between worlds. Mm. Um, this iteration of the character is a lot more in line with her character as it was in the Luke Cage show. Normally, I'm very against that, but I thought it was one of the few th- good things about mm. that series. So, I'm happy to see her kind of a bit more in line with that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what did you think as uh, someone who's, who's you know not read too much of, of these characters and of this writer?
1: Uh, I thought it was really great. This is uh, the last thing that I read. It's my favorite of the month as well, as far as the first issues go. Uh, it really reminded me of Marvels, the graphic novel from yeah, like Ed, 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, which is
0: uh, written by Ed Brubaker with art yeah. by um, the guy who, Alex Thingo. Proyas. No Yep, Alex Proust. <laughs> Alex <course>. Proyas, <laughs>
1: the director of Garage <laughs> Days. That's the last movie you would expect me to know that he did, but I know it. Um, and it kind of reminds me of that because it's got a real historical. Uh, it's it starts out in the 1950s, so it kind of establishes like this real uh, strong sense of history throughout of it. Alex Ross is the uh, Alex I'm Ross. Ah, oh, damn. I can't believe I was wrong. <laughs> uh, so I think it's really cool. And I think it's got a really great sense of what is happening in the world right now and being able to enhance that to for a superhero setting. Uh, but we don't really see any superheroes until like the last f- page, really. Yeah, it this feels a, really grounded. This is a
0: Misty Night book, um, yeah. even though it says Black Panther on the front. Black Panther's not even in this book He's on the cover We don't see Manifold We don't see Luke Cage But we do see Misty Knight uh, And eventually we see the reveal That someone who is undercover And and working with her She knows she knows her But she can't work out who it is And at the end it reveals that it's Storm
1: Aurora Monroe Thank
0: you This guy reads comics Yeah, I've read them Um, X-Men review coming up very soon Fantastic um, But uh, I think this was like If you compare this to the first issue of Black Panther that ta Goats did mm. um, I guess it was like 10 months ago now Yeah um, It's just like steps like like, like He's got it, n- it now Miles ahead of that Yeah uh, I
1: think as well this did something that I wish all the other first issues I'd read this week had done Where it mm-hmm. The whole thing is just about story. It's not about plot. It's about building a story world and getting you to understand the kind of book that you're going to be reading for the next, you know, five issues. And instead, the plot kind of just slowly seeps in throughout. And I think that's something that's really clever, especially when you're establishing something new. I felt uh, lost in some of the other books because oh they God, just kind of a- kick in plot straight away.
0: As always, whenever I have a guest uh, guest host, yeah, there's always a few real doozy number ones coming Yeah, up.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. You- I I knew what I signed up for.
0: Uh Nick Mason got a uh a slayer comic that definitely wins the worst. And maybe a kiss one as well. That was that's probably the worst week worst week we had.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Brutal. I'm glad I didn't have anything like that.
0: Uh but this this uh the crew comic Mm. I thought was yeah, absolutely like builds this this version of Harlem uh in a much believable way than we've seen in Nick Spencer's Captain America run. Um Misty Knight is a super compelling character In this book um, And uh, you know There's a lot of mystery at play It feels like a real detective Story And uh, the art by Bush Juice um, Is very kind of pulp
1: Yeah it's quite grounded It's uh, If anything It kind of reminds me uh, In a cinematic form Of American Gangster Okay You ever seen that? No I haven't Denzel Washington Directed by Ridley Scott Pretty sick, actually. Pretty sick movie. Too long, though. <laughs> but it's very 70s. Very 70s. What is the ideal running time of a movie? Uh, 87 minutes. 87 minutes. I was, was going to go with a, with a cold 90s. So yeah. Like- no, nah, a little bit shorter. So they were like, <laughs> oh, awesome. You can you can plan a little bit more. You, you can start the movie a little bit late if you want, but it's still good.
0: You have uh, numerous posters of movies all over your wall. Yep. And I reckon about three of them are, are, are below 90 minutes.
1: Yeah. They're all... Well, if it's good, it's good. Maybe it can be a little bit longer. Blues Brothers. There's one. Blues Brothers. Yeah, I think um, that's it. Robocop, maybe. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Um, And there's one for Conan O'Brien, which was a 60-minute TV show. (laughs) So that wins.
0: That's the best movie of all of them, because I think so. Yeah, that's how you, that's how you get a good movie. You make it short. Uh, <laughs> Black Panther and the crew number one gets a big thumbs up from me. It's a toot from me too. A toot.
1: Yeah, it's a toot. I'm uh, doing toot to the boot basically now. I think
0: this is a fun thing because you know you do you do pick up uh, comics weekly from Kings. Yeah. with us. Um, so would you add this to your pool list? I think
1: I would. I don't collect like any superhero comics at the moment. I'm all about Star Wars and Image comics. We're gonna get and to that later stuff. So that's kind of where uh, I probably would pick up something new.
0: Uh, what I love a lot about this as well is I love it when they, like a superhero team is slowly introduced yes. over, over multiple issues. Yes. And, you know, we only see two of the five members of the crew in this and they're going to create a, a, a logical scenario for all these characters to be introduced. Cool. And that's always compelling. It's always fun. Yeah. You know, even though we know which character is going to show up, that's still going to be fun to, you know, to see how they get introduced. And, so, it's so, so rare to see building that.
1: You're to a wonderful segue right
0: now. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> X-Men Blue, number one, by Cullen Bunn and Jorge Molina, um, with uh, Colors by Matt Miller. I'm sorry. We also had Matteo Bufagni uh, on art in this one as well. Uh, so, last week, we talked about X-Men Gold. Mm-hmm. And uh, before we get too into this review, I do want to not apologize, but kind of clarify something I spoke on last week without yep. knowing the full story. Uh, it was a big scandal Uh, based off of uh, the artwork, the hidden messages in the artwork by Arden, Arden Sayaf, I guess the name is, um, the uh, artist who did X-Men Gold. Um, Without going too much into this story, which has been reported on a lot uh, in the last week, um, I was kind of going off just the initial bleeding cool report, which is not something anyone should ever do. And I said that, I guess I I kind of took the, the, my response was more based on like, already seeing people on Twitter like condemn this, you know, Muslim Indonesian guy and saying that, you know, I'm never really going to be on the side of people can, you know, of white people yelling at a brown dude. But <clears throat> I didn't know the full story. This guy's clearly done something like very out of line mm. and very just, especially of, of all books, like, you know, I mean, comics in general are for everybody. You know, they're escapes from Whatever world you're a part of Escapes to a better world And when there are hidden messages In this world You know The X-Men world is all meant to be All about tolerance Mm. And loving your fellow man When there are When there are references to To uh, You know To groups that are anything but that That's not What should be in an X-Men book So uh, you know, I hope that clarifies my position. I, I totally wasn't on, on, on Ardian's side.
1: Yeah. I've, my, my heart was bleeding too much, Alexi. It's true. Bleeding, very cool. And I must say, on behalf of all of the listeners, I humbly accept your clarification. <laughs> Thanks, Alexi. <laughs>
0: So, X-Men Blue, I read this comic with yep. a fine comb and, and brush, I, okay. my magnifying glass oh, out, looking, okay. Look- looking for <laughs> hidden offensive messages. Yep. And uh, did you find anything that not, rustled your not feathers? Not a one. Yes, me neither. What I did find was a story that you may or may not have liked, depending on how uh, rose-tinted your X-Men glasses are.
1: Mine are super roast tinted so I actually really enjoyed this as Me well. Me too. Cool. Uh, X-Men was the first comic book I ever read in the 90s uh, as a young boy. It's actually how I learned how to read, was reading X-Men comics. So I have a real fondness for like the classic crews, and this is the original crew back together, the original five X-Men team. Beast, Ice Boy, Angel <laughs> Heart, and also Jean Grey and Mr. One-Eye. Cyclops, <laughs> our cycloptic friend number number one. So one of the
0: first words, you, one of the first like pairings of words you learnt to write was Cannonball Special.
1: It was Magneto was the first word <laughs> I ever learned to mispronounce, <laughs> and Wolverine as well.
0: So X Men Blue was uh the uh it's it's the second of these you know new X Men books that's come out. Uh, it's it focuses on the team of displaced original X Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, like they're displaced, they, they, they were the original 60s iterations, but now they're in our time. Mm. It's still going from a, from a really dumb idea that Bendis had um, when he did All New X-Men like six or seven years ago. It's still going. Apparently they, they they last year or even more recently, they, they tried to go back to their time yeah. and then learnt that they weren't actually from that time. Yeah, so, it took
1: me a long time to understand that part of it.
0: But this is a case of just like ignore all that shit. Yes. Focus on... The fun of 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 this story Yep And um Focus on the fact that it's an X-Men book With the the Juggernaut in it Yep The Juggernaut is always a good X-Men foe Um He uh He teams up with uh Black Tom Cassidy yeah, Who was a pretty He would maybe would have shown up in the very 90s comics You were reading I think so yeah Just a you know Classic stereotypical Irish Mm. bad guy (laughs) Um And uh I mean you know this is this is just a really simple X-Men comic there's a fight there's yeah. a discussion great pacing incredible pacing um and uh it ends on an excellent cliffhanger
1: mm. and there's not too many characters as well I think with the I've not read X-Men for a long time it's and I think it's because it's fine it's so daunting now with the amount of characters that I've gotten really no idea who they are that have been added to it, and the redesigns and all that kind of stuff where I don't know who anyone is anymore. And all the
0: different versions
1: of the characters. That I still don't team. know who Old Man Logan is. I don't get it. I got berated today because we don't read it. And it's
0: like yeah. we read every single other Marvel comic. <laughs> Just give me a break. It started before the podcast started. Yeah. And I haven't caught up yet.
1: Well, I, I believe in you and bless your cotton socks, mate. That's all <laughs> I can
0: say. Uh, but uh, look, I... I I I went into this like fucking here we go. I hate these time displaced X Men. This shit is stupid. Mm. But um, I think the their interactions were believable. The I love that um, they were drawn to look like teenagers. Yes, um, which is something that most artists struggle with. I love the concept of youth. Yeah, (laughs) and uh, and I I love the, the the final page reveal was was very cool. Yeah. What did you think of the backup story?
1: The Meanwhile story? Yeah, which... Uh, oh, this
0: is the one that had art by the other guy with, with another cool last name. Bufagni.
1: Oh, Bufagni. Beautiful name um, for a beautiful soul, I'm sure. This, I think... Uh, I liked the little backup. It was small. It was... Uh, it Was it Wolverine-centered? Well, it was
0: someone who has Wolverine's power-centered.
1: Yes, and he has blonde hair, so I couldn't tell who he was. He's... Wolverine's back and he's dyed his hair. Okay, All that's new Wolverine. Cool. it's not really that yeah, I would My love to would. see Wolverine with a bleached do, and I think this is like a close. Frosted subject. tips. Yeah. So I was trying to think I was like, this can't be sabretooth. It doesn't have the same exact powers as him or same same claws.
0: Yeah. Um uh, yeah, I don't know. So there's there's it's like a basically a, a story about a Wendigo hunt. Mm. Wendigo's are the, the the Bigfoot kind of dudes that Wolverine always fought in his, yeah. in his early
1: comics. Well, I think it was cool. I, th- I really enjoyed this. It's a toot from me. A
0: toot. I don't know <laughs> if it's going to carry
1: on. It's okay. a regular. Yeah, ride.
0: our listeners are going to complain about this. Okay, it's a
1: thumbs up then. <laughs> a toot sounds like you're giving it like an appreciation fart. <laughs> Just a small so, little p- gaffe for my finest service. <laughs>
0: Uh, Would you stick with this one? You know, as a a fallen away from uh, the X Men No, I don't know if I
1: would. It's too much, adding too much to me. I'm being brutally honest. I would say that I would recommend it, but I personally will not continue with it. Very,
0: very interesting.
1: Thank you so much. (laughs) Uh, Weapon X is
0: the other X Men book that we got this week, and uh, the third of four uh, Marvel number ones that we're going to talk about in this segment. Uh, This one is uh, by two Greggs. Greg Pak wrote it Greg Land Penciled it uh, Inked by Jay Leaston And coloured by Frank D'Amata. Uh This is A, a, a team book uh, Again where we Slowly see All the team yeah. uh, Assembled uh, we only really Introduced to Old Man Logan And uh, Sabretooth In this one But we know that Lady Deathstrike Has been captured And uh, a Weapon X Esque program Is making clones Using her um, You know Creepy lady Deathstrike claw powers um and uh, apparently at some point we're going to get domino and warpath in this team as well um classic weapon x bullshit stuff um they're, they're, they're turning people into clones and making them do bad things and it's up to the original inhabitants of mm. the weapon x program old man logan and and Sabertooth, to save the day um alexi what'd you think
1: uh I think that this isn't it does it's not doing anything particularly original this comic, and so I wasn't terribly excited about starting it reading it, but it's just that classic combination of characters where it just works mm, exactly, and I think that's uh it's very comforting i I enjoy that,
0: yeah, I know i mean like. A comic, you know, the, the final
1: page of this ends with like a robot saying "Die, yeah. mutants," and I was like, "Ah, yeah, that's
0: the stuff." Exactly,
1: <laughs> uh, It's it's just like the good li- little comic you can curl up next to a fireplace and just you know relive all your memories. You've
0: read this story a hundred times before, yeah, and it's not. I mean, actually, for I know Greg uh, Greg Land gets uh, gets shit on more mm-hmm. than most artists because of uh, his history of uh, photo referencing and tracing. Yeah. Uh, he definitely looks like he's he, the you know he's been drawing almost the entirety of this and i actually quite
1: enjoyed his art on this book and Um, i think it's got some great dialogue in it as well it's real quite punchy and quite fun and it's got a great internal monologue from logan as well old man logan old man logan how did you struggle with that yeah gramps old (laughs) grandpa logan now i liked it. it's kind of my uh why
0: didn't they go with grandpa logan
1: (laughs) i know i guess because he doesn't have offspring official offspring true so well, he did, but they, they got they got killed by Hulk's. Uh, yeah, the
0: original old man Logan's series. Really? Spoiler alert! Far out. Well, very old series. Sorry, old man. Very old, very <laughs> overrated series. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, but uh, Weapon X. Uh, I'm going to stick with it. Yeah, uh, that, that that would be something that I would do though, right? You would do it because uh, I've I've missed the X Men books have been a hole in the serious issues programming yeah. because. Uh, they had a rough year last year yeah. And I'm, I'm You know If they, if they really come out And say they're going to try And make the X-Men books, X-Men books Real good again
1: mm. I'm on board Yeah so far so good I'm
0: enjoying them Deadpool versus the Punisher Yeah A teenager's wet dream Of yeah. a comic book If there ever was one And the first of two books That we're going to review this week That are No number ones Sorry that is uh, That were written by Fred Van Lente um, With art on this one By Perry Perez Colors by Ruth Redmond Letters by VC's Joe Sabino. Oh, Sabino. Oh, Sabs is at it again?
1: I think uh, I have a very similar opinion to this with the last comic we just reviewed where I wasn't looking forward to it at all. To me, Punisher and Deadpool are two characters where I'm just like, oh my God, this is not for me. This is for a dirty teenage boys that don't tidy their room ever. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as whenever I interact with these characters, I'm always like, I always forget that straight away. Go, these are such well-written characters. They're always so much fun. I always, I always think Deadpool sucks until I start reading. Go, like, what's wrong with me? He's fucking awesome, <laughs> and I think this team up was pretty cool. I liked the ending of it as well, and it made me. I, I'm almost going to continue with this one. Honestly, <laughs> I really I almost am about to continue with it.
0: So it doesn't really matter how these two characters yep. are like are brought together, um, but. Um, Basically, the Punisher learns that uh, he has he can get access to the bank, yep. who is a guy who launders money for criminals, yep. including Deadpool. So he's yep. pretty much Deadpool's accountant, pretty much. And so Deadpool is visiting his accountant, and uh, he gets he the, 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 his his uh, mansion is uh, intruded upon by the one and only Frank Castle, aka the Punisher, mm. and he starts shooting up the joint. And um, there's a really unexpected and grim death of two characters that are. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't know Innocence, I Innocence, would say that's right yeah. yeah But I don't know Don't kill the kid
1: Yeah I, I thought it was cool It reminded me of um, You love killing the children I think it's one of the coolest things Anyone can ever do And I admire uh, What do I say I, Why am I such a riff monster I can't handle this stuff uh, But I think uh, It reminded me so much Of like 80s action cinema uh, And the kind of crime That underlies those films Where there are, there are You know when you think about them in your head, it's like, oh, they're just kind of fun popcorn stuff. But there are really darker elements that play in them as well. You and know what,
0: what the, the biggest example of this? And it's only from the 80s, but the one I always think about from such a stupid movie is yeah. um how Nick Cage's son dies in Face Off. Yeah. John Travolta shoots, shoots him and it goes through his shoulder into his son's head while he's yeah. cuddling his son.
1: This is totally the Face Off of comic books right now. Yeah. And that's De- a good yeah.
0: thing. Man, would you read Deadpool... Punisher face off. Yes, Deadpool, totally. Like the Punisher with Wade Wilson's fucked up face. Yeah, if
1: they did an actual face off with those characters, someone green like that right now, I it's think. It's actually a, a lot awesome- easier to do face off in the superhero world. you just put on the mask. Yeah. Well, Frank Castle, no mask. You gotta you, you gotta, gotta put the on the jacket and the cool <laughs> t shirt with a skull on it. You know, I don't I th- you know, I think uh I don't like puni- I don't think I like Punisher that much, but I would wear a skull t shirt around town. And a leather trench coat. If so. you are,
0: if you are yet to be convinced by Punisher, um, and this is like you know not something that I would usually recommend—the mm. extremely dark and serious version of a comic book character—but Garth Ennis's Punisher Max mm. is one of the best long Marvel runs oh, cool. ever. Yeah, um, <clears throat> highly recommended. It. It's you know it's 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 really grim, but it's 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 an incredible exploration of of what makes that character tick, and uh, you know pretty much tells his in, an, an entire life story. Mm. I guess it. it's really great. Um, but yeah, this this book uh, is a is a far cry from that. Yeah, uh, it's very fun and silly. It's funny with, with a weird, you know, horrible moment in and the middle.
1: The ending is great as well, where uh, it ends with round one winner Punisher or something like that. Yeah,
0: because Punisher shoots Deadpool in the head. I thought that was awesome. At point
1: blank. That is exactly that last panel is what made me want to keep reading it because I think that's a real fun little uh, way to tie up each each issue.
0: So we get these Deadpool versus something or someone mm. comics every every couple of months, um, and they're you know either okay to not-
1: yeah no but they're, they're generally all pretty. Fun. I read like- the I think it was Deadpool versus Spider Man that was Scott Ockerman wrote at the end of last oh, year, yeah, 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 and that was great as really well, really fun, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, but uh, this one's worth getting, worth checking out just for the um, very very good um, uh, Declan Shalvey covers. Um, he does he a great cover of like um a, like a, a a playing card with, with mm-hmm. Punisher on one end and Deadpool on the reverse. But because he's upside down, he's got what looks to be like candy spilling out of his pocket. <laughs>
1: Pretty great. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's a, I recommend it. It's a thumbs up. So those are all the Marvel number ones for this week,
0: which means we move into the nether realms mm-hmm. of other comic book publishers. No DC. No DC number ones this week. We've got an image book. We've got a boom book. We've got a valiant book. We've got a dynamite
1: book. One of each.
0: Let's talk about the boom book. This week uh, is actually a book that I talked about uh, on a podcast that I was uh, a guest on this week, mm-hmm. uh, Comic Confidential, which is a podcast recorded in Cairns, as I learned oh, cool. at the end of recording it. I was like, I love Brisbane. And I'm like, we're from Cairns, you dickhead. Oh, no. Good fun. Um, but uh, comic, comic, comic Confidential is uh, a, a kind of weekly update on... Uh, on you know the, the the comic book, TV, and 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 movies and and yep. news related to the bigger properties. Um, so they had me on to talk about uh, the differences between Legion, the TV series, and Legion, the comic book. Cool. Do you watch Legion? No. You would fucking love it. It's I think very, I will. I'm going to watch it. Um, but um, I at the end of the comic the end of the episode, they asked me to recommend a book, and I recommended Godshaper Number One. Cool. Not just because I really enjoyed it, but because it is written by Simon Spurrier, uh, and he. Wrote the most recent run of uh, X-Men Legacy Which is the uh, most recent uh, run featuring Legion the Oh character. cool and this is uh, quite similar, if you love the utter madness on display in some of the issues of uh, X-Men Legacy, this is pretty much exclusively that. This mm. is a, a really batshit insane comic that I've already struggled through uh, describing to a podcast host this yeah. week. So, Alexi, it's
1: on you. Well, basically, the world of God Shaper takes place in an alternate reality where technology does not exist anymore and instead, people have tiny little gods, one god per person, that is basically capable of everything technology once had done in this world. And there are some people that don't have a god attached to them. Instead, they have nothing, and they are god shapers. They can change the gods of other people. And also, there is no money. And there's also a weird
0: underground scene yes, of people called- who don't believe in gods. Yeah. Yeah but they love weird blues music.
1: Yeah, it's pretty... It's crazy. I think... uh, I don't know. I think that's right, but uh, it definitely has a very complex story world from the get-go, and I think because the issue's a little longer... Uh, you are able to kind of comprehend it while you're reading it and get to understand it more. So when the plot does kick in, you're not too overwhelmed trying to catch up with what the world even is. Definitely.
0: But you, as soon as you're trying to explain what this book's about, you are somewhat overwhelmed because there's a yeah, lot totally. going on it's,
1: uh, Godshaper number one is written
0: by Simon Spurrier and uh, art by my favorite artist name of the week,
1: Jonas Goonface. Goonface. My God, I wish that was the name of a podcast. <laughs>
0: Goonface the podcast. Yeah.
1: Who would it be? Punch Trent from Punchy, yeah, and, and probably and you, and you're just drinking goons. Love it,
0: awesome. Uh, Goon uh, in Australia is like
1: cask wine, yeah, in
0: those big silver foil bags,
1: and it's a very popular drink amongst illegal teenagers. Illegal teenagers, illegal teenagers, Ill- illegally are not drinking, illegally teenagers. drinking, and that's why they're illegal because <laughs> they should not be doing that. Uh, Fruity Lexia, is my nickname. Is it really? Has <laughs> no, it ever been? Do you want I it to be? So. Yeah, I think so. Fruity Lexia.
0: All right. Um, so, yeah, I thought the art was was, was awesome on this. Like, yeah. You know, he has a lot to kind of convey this, this incredible world
1: that's, you know, borderline ridiculous while also having quite a serious tone throughout yeah. it as well. And
0: I thought he did a really good job.
1: With and the that. art is really cool. The style is very much in that 1950s kind of modernization with like really crazy, beautiful hyper colors and pastels. And it remind me of something from when we were children, the like the cartoons that were very popular on like Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon at the time, you know, stuff like Johnny Bravo and Coward the uh, Courage the Cowardly oh, Dog, yeah, yep. uh, that kind of art style. But also, more specifically, it totally remind me of the Australian cartoon Little Elvis. <laughs> Little <laughs> like Little it's Elvis got Jones. the same aesthetic, the same color palette. Yeah, I, yeah, right. I really yeah. enjoy that.
0: The same kind of like flimsy hair.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, will you stick with this? I think so. This, this is, is a- this is exactly my kind of comic.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Simon Sperry is an incredibly good writer, and um, what would I know him from? Uh, I guess this X Men Legacy kind yeah. of thing is like the, his, the big book that uh, everyone knows him from it, over at Marvel. Uh, we we talk about one of his books, Hook Jaw, about oh, the killer cool. shark, yes, all the time. Um, but he's done a lot. He's he's got a, a, lot, a lot of comics for different publishers, and he, he changes it up. Uh, so yeah, Chapter number one, uh, another really cool and weird book from Boom, who regularly steal the thunder from Image. I, I, f- think, I think so, so. I'm like, finding that too. They're doing, putting out a lot of really great creator-owned stuff, and um, also decent licensed stuff too. So yeah, Boomer, Boomer the, the the publisher on the rise. I think
1: so, and with a cover like that, gorgeous colours, it's so intriguing, as if you're not going to pick that up. Goonface,
0: just the word of goonface. Of course,
1: who are, He actually, he, he not
0: only draws, but he does all the colours as well. Oh, wow. What, what a year. talented young man. So, this, yeah, this is a really great and cool, you know, the epitome of a comic book that could only ever be a comic book. Yeah. I like, and this is, for, you know, you're you're very much a, you know, film is your favourite media. Yeah. Uh, for me, comic books are my favourite media. Yeah, comics are right behind for me. I hate finding out that, I mean, I, can, I love superhero movies mm. for the most part because that's bigger than just one comic or one yeah. run. You know, it's this enormous concept and... Uh, some of the crazy things you see in comics in superhero comics are begging to be put on onto a big Mm. screen but when something's smaller like you know they're always toying around
1: with like oh we're going to make a Why the Last Man movie like we're finally going to do Goon Guys so we're going to do it this time yeah I don't want that ever
0: yeah Um, I I, I love some things to stay as comics and this is I I think you know this is impossible to turn into a movie so Mm, totally I'm, I'm happy to read an insane thing like this and for it to just be a celebration of what the medium of comics can do but number one. Very good. Very, very good. Uh, the image book this week, the number one, uh, is a book called Rose, written by Meredith Finch and uh, art by Ig Guara. Uh, this is um, uh, like a I don't like. It's a, high fantasy. High fantasy. I always have trouble struggling to yeah. uh, put these kind of things into genre.
1: Yeah, um, this is high fantasy, uh, which is high fantasy stuff like elves, where it's just in this whole other world, stuff like Willow, which this is totally uh akin to
0: this book does like maybe two pages of world building and then just kind of like just everything happens really quickly and it's over
1: that's um that's this is a kind of comic that i really like i adore the art style of it i love fantasy and um the characters all seem pretty interesting but i and the world seems interesting as well but it's just i think this is kind of what the downside of uh issue by issue collecting can be for comics or the, that's the downside of that storytelling where this kind of fits in what I would hope to be like, you know, five or six issues into just one, Yes, agree. You know, into yeah. one thing where it's you 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 already getting introduced to all these characters, all to this world, and it's just not enough time to kind of understand what is actually going on. The exposition just moves so fast.
0: So there there you know, it's almost like an, like an X-Men style story yep. in a fantasy world where there are people who have like carry the magic gene. Yeah. Um and uh, there the is guardians. the guardians. The guardians, that's and right. And
1: they can have cats. What they have cats? They're all tied to a particular cat, right? But it's there, and it's just like lions and tigers and stuff. But uh, it's that oh, so didn't a That didn't stick with me at all. All yeah. oh, right, okay. yeah. That's so dumb. Why yeah, don't you when just I realized that, cat? I didn't. Yeah. I didn't.
0: I was like, "What the fuck is a cut?"
1: Yeah, like, <laughs> when I realized that, it actually bummed me out a little bit. But you know, I I would love to give something like this a chance. Like, this is the kind of comic I want. I love Dungeons and Dragons. I love high fantasy. I love this art style. But it's just, um, I just think comics is not the right medium for something like this. I mean, it it or can be. Yeah, it can be. be. Yeah, like, it can yeah, be. This-
0: so Meredith Finch is, um, I guess. Best known for um, following up on Brian Azarello's uh, and Cliff Chang's celebrated Wonder Woman mm. run when New Fifty Two started, and uh, it was not very well received. Mm. I, I can't rate it myself because I didn't read any of it, but um, you know, I, I thought I would give this one a chance. I might give it one more issue. Yeah, I was not impressed uh, as a as a. You know, I just kind of it by the time I finally was like, oh, okay, maybe maybe this mm. is something I'm into. It ended yeah really quickly, and all the all the characters just seemed so. Broad, like, yeah, they they all seem like fantasy characters that I've seen before.
1: It's totally like um, the Jim Henson's The Dark Crystal, the film. Yes. How it's a totally a rushed 90-minute fantasy where it's just everything happens so fast and there's interesting looking characters, but you never really get to understand who they really are. Um, This is the kind of thing I'll probably collect in trade and see how it goes there.
0: Um, give it a chance. If you are a big fan of uh, high fantasy and just like supporting uh, new image books in general, uh, give this first issue a chance. It wasn't a bad issue. It just uh, could have been so much more. I mean, mm-hmm. Image often will put out a you know a sixty-page first issue, and I think this book would have absolutely benefited. From totally,
1: that. absolutely.
0: Um, the uh, there's a sneak preview at the back of a new book by Sarah Vaughan and Jonathan Luna, who did that awesome book Alex and Ada, mm-hmm. which is a book about like a, a lonely guy being given a. Uh, uh, like an, an AI, like a, basically a, a robot girlfriend. Mm. Um, it's an incredible book, um, and so I'm very excited for whatever they do next. And it, it's a book called Eternal Empire, and we get this uh, great little preview for a book that looks quite good. So looking forward to that number one that comes out. Cool, very soon. I enjoyed that more than the actual issue. Yeah, so I give it a shout out. Let's over to Valiant right now. Yeah. And uh, before you even tell me what you thought of this, I'm going to give this the award an award that okay. I've never given out on the show before. Okay, this book. Immortal Brothers, The Tale of the Green Knight by Fred Van Lente again, uh, Carrie Nord, Clayton Henry, Mark Morales, and Brian Reader. This wins the award for the
1: least new user-friendly book oh. we've ever reviewed. Totally. I, they, I, at the end, I realized that it was not a, like, a first issue. Yeah, it's, a, it's a one-shot. Yeah, it's a one-shot. And Valiant has sucked me in with this before. There was a one-shot of Bloodshot, and it was described as like... Um, uh, like a slasher film, like a camp slasher, which is uh, one of my favorite subgenres. I was totally into it, and I read it. I was like, "What is this, Top this is about?" Five some subgenres go okay. Sorority slasher, probably Austin Powers movie. <laughs> then, then SNL comedy turned into film. Then I would say DreamWorks animation, really, and then I would say, uh, Wog comedy <laughs> such as Fat Pizza <laughs> and the Wog Boy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is DreamWorks actually in there? No, no. no right. Most of those were that's good. a are fucking no. riff. Monsters there. Yeah, in the sorry,
1: I can't. I can't be honest. <laughs> um,
0: because part of me was much more ready to believe that Wog Comedy would be in there. <laughs> but DreamWorks, oh, be, I was it, like, what? <laughs> it's, that
1: is honestly true. The Wog Comedy would be far ahead of DreamWorks animated films. Um, you were in, you had a starring role in. Yes. I uh, played gay wog in the famous super wog video, wogs versus ubers or something like that, or taxis <laughs> versus ubers. And it was actually a really fun day. And, um, I, l- I love those boys. <laughs>
0: Amazing. So immortal brothers, from what I could gather, and I've read, like, I'm sorry, I've read about a hundred issues of Valiant comics, Yeah, but they it's, they are an enormous universe and yes. I know we have big Valiant stance that listen to uh, mm. us and hate it whenever I get shit wrong about yeah. Valiant. Um, but uh, Immortal Brothers is the team up, or like they're, they're like tales from the past about Ar- Armstrong from Archer and Armstrong and the um, Eternal Warrior, I
1: think. And when I was like, when I realized that, I was like, I should Google this, try and find out what it is. It was too much information to try and understand. So this book is kind of like, it
0: opens in the same way like The Princess Bride opens where the grandfather reads yes. the, the grandson a story. But instead, this is Archer of Archer and Armstrong reading his girlfriend Faith a, 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 a story after she's gotten the flu from Comic-Con.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, the word subreddit is used in this unironically. It's
0: why I fucking hate Faith. <laughs> Faith, in theory, should be a great
1: character, yeah. but they've made her.
0: She's a geek, just like you and me, Alexi. Yeah. She says she goes. She knows what subreddit is. She yeah. goes to cons, and the, the, the meta references to being, to nerd culture just make me not like this character at all. Yeah. Everything else about her, I love, but this thing that's at her core, this like just chance for. It's like you know. The, the difference between a good Deadpool comic is when they use totally. what you know his, his quirks well, but when they when they're in your face constantly, it's just like oh fucking kill me. And yeah. why I think Faith is becoming a bit like like the Deadpool of uh, of the Valiant universe. It's
1: references over personality and character. Um,
0: do you hate it in movies when I uh, one of my least favorite things is when uh, uh, a character characters unless it's like a movie that's like significantly about music, yeah. But when characters like uh, the great Juno, for example. Mm where um, one of the characters will just start talking about, like, Sonic Youth or, like, just like yes. have, like, a real-world real, real world music reference. Yeah. I fucking hate that so much. Yeah. I guess this kind of felt like that to
1: me. Totally. It's this weird thing where it's kind of... The thing that I hated about this was that it's all about the Arturian legend or it starts out that way. They talk yes, about Camelot and Camelot stuff and, like and that. And Morgan Le Fay shows yeah, up. and yeah. Merlin and shit. I'm just like, oh, my God, invent some new characters. Rose just did it this month. Do the same thing. Yeah, it's very true. We love Rose. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't have any
0: criticisms about it. Uh, uh,
1: I, you know, I, there was parts of this I didn't mind, but it took a while for me to understand what it was. Yeah, at, at the core of this story, it's awesome. Yeah. it's like this, like uh, in,
0: in in Camelot times, mm. uh, a green green knight, a ghost, a, yep. a, a ghoul, a specter um, visits the the knights of the Round Table and uh, puts the challenge to them that that um, they can they can take a swing. With their sword at his head. Yeah. Um, and, no, like, so long as he can do the same thing a year from now. Yeah. And they think, you know, who is this madman? I've, you know, if we swing at his head with our swords, he'll die. So that's yeah. the end of this. So, fair enough. It's what we're going to do. And then as soon as he lops his head off, he picks it back up and puts it back on his head. Yeah. And then our, our one of the main characters in this is, like,
1: lives in fear of being visited. Yeah. By this green ghoul If and- you've not read this You have no idea What we're talking no, about No Because I- we started talking About modern day subreddits yeah, And now fuck. we're talking About Arturian legend There's way too much Going on in yeah. this book um, But and- it took a while For me to understand That it was a comedy Like because the first part Where it's all about The Knights of the Round Table It's pages and pages Of just sincere, straight-up Nights Tale stuff. And then there's a- With Heath Ledger. Meet, yeah, exactly. And then we meet, like, Cleric, who is, like, talking like an everyday human being, normal guy, joking around, like, you or I, perhaps. And then I'm like, okay, now I'm starting to get that this is a parody. And it took me a long time to understand that. And there's a weird sexy bit. Best bit. Best <laughs> bit. Um, yeah, this is a I don't know. I guess if you were
0: a massive Valiant fan, as some of our listeners are, yeah. like I just said, uh, you would have enjoyed this. I just found, like even I just there was nothing that that like they didn't even try to grab me with mm-hmm.
1: this one. Uh, I didn't I didn't t- t- dislike it that much. Are you saving all your criticism for the next next perhaps, number one? Perhaps. Yeah, this one was fine. I thought it was had some fun stuff in it, but it was just a bit long. Um, it was super long. God, it took me. There yeah. like, was actually this was actually a very
0: dense week of comics. Yeah. Um. A, a lot of and I'll get through it with the regular issues, but like, I at least ten comics took me about twenty minutes each oh, wow. to read, which is you know I guess should be celebrated when you when when you're shelling out yeah. your hard earned money to buy exactly. these things, but when you, you know when this is like for me, <laughs> especially now like you know like video games and TV and movies. And, you're a big media family, consumer. Yeah. Like all these things. I now view comic book reading as, like, my job. Yeah. <laughs> just, just kind of change, change everything. But, you know, it, it just it means when the comic is bad, it's just extra bad to mm. me. So, it'll keep me honest. And what a wonderful segue once again. <laughs> Our final number one for the week is uh, Zed Nation, um, which is a sci-fi network uh, spin-off. Um, I guess you would say this, Z Nation in uh, the, native, the native hometown of sci-fi, yeah. America. Um, this is Z Nation... Sea of Death and Z Nation is a zombie comic. A zombie is it a franchise? TV show. I don't fucking know.
1: Is it? I think. Well, if it's from sci-fi, it must be a TV show. And this must be like a comic, right, low-budget walking thing. or something. That's yep. why I would. That's why I would imagine. Uh, and now being one issue deep into the lore of it, it's what I can safely say is true.
0: And it's it's, but it's also like a bit of a lighter-hearted take on yep. zombies. Um, we see. Uh, you know, like the, the world's been taken over by zombies. It's like it's 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 World War Z meets Walking Dead kind of. Yeah. Oh no, it's it's, it's zombie properties. Yeah, <laughs> lands. It's nothing meets anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, this uh, this book is basically like you know the the f- what few people have not succumbed to the zombie virus, um, get sent. There's like a, a, a small army and a small uh, crew of people get sent to. Oh, this is so dumb. Um, find a shipment of Soylent Z. Yeah, which is like a powder that gives you food for a week, and like I don't even need to like like we don't. This is not revealed in the comic, but as if Soylent Z isn't going to be zombies like turns you into a fucking zombie. Yeah, and some shit.
1: I'll never know because I'm not reading another issue. of this. No, to quote you and Siobhan, this one was not for me. <laughs> You gotta pay us now Yeah okay fine <laughs> Yeah this is exactly I was dreading this one This was the one I absolutely didn't want to read I'm I'm tired of this genre And this was totally uninspired In creating anything new Or a new take on it at all yep. It's just kind of like A slightly light hearted Walking Dead And I think that's something Holy that's not Holy fuck well, This issue was written by Craig Engler And
0: Fred Van Lense I don't know who they are Fred Van Lente wrote this week, Z Nation, yeah, Immortal Brothers, Tale of the Green Knight, oh wow, and, um, uh, Deadpool versus the Punisher. Oh my goodness, what a busy boy! He uh, he's he's written a lot of, of comics that we've talked about here. He writes a lot of number ones. That, wow, well, that we don't continue, but I,
1: Deadpool versus the Punisher was good.
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, Z Nation What about the part where the where the, the guy and the girl got harpooned?
1: Yeah, I didn't care for that at all Because I wasn't sure if I was meant to know who they were or not Because they, we, they were on the mission with them But they got red-shirted out of nowhere uh, Also, there are zombie cows in this world Yeah, that's um, that's inspired um, and, and the car- a character says one of the dumbest
0: tropes ever Which is, I would say, now I've seen everything But who knows what tomorrow will
1: bring Oh, boy. There was some funny exposition, but I'm not sure if it was intended. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so you'll be continuing this one for sure? No, absolutely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Those are all of our number ones that we're talking about this week. Uh, If you want to discuss, uh, you want to come and and argue with us about them, or you want to come agree with us on them, uh, come join the Serious Issues Facebook group, Alexi himself mm. is a member So you yes. can berate him personally So please
1: be nice to me in there guys <laughs> I'm trying so hard
0: Facebook.com slash groups Slash Serious Issues Podcast Come join us We're almost at like 800 members which is Yeah it's awesome. so cool man Just people talking about comic books And comic related things All goddamn day
1: It's my favorite notification to get <laughs> Check it out People are chatting
0: uh, so we're going to continue chatting About um, a bunch of comics that I read And Alexia didn't Yeah, I'm going to keep it quick so I don't torture you
1: I'll weigh in, that's but, okay uh,
0: Look, to get you really, really excited <gasps> I'm going to give you the, the, the most treasured uh, uh, Element of, uh, of serious issues the now The new addition to the show Everyone fucking hates it, but I love it It's the dice, the green dice itself. I love how much you love it <laughs> <laughs> We're going Our world famous segment Our most beloved segment Roll the dice for Image, Marvel or DC uh, One to two are Image Three to four are Marvel Mm and five to six are DC. We're saving up for a three-sided die. Uh, Please contribute to our Kickstarter.
1: A three-sided die, that can't exist. Here we go.
0: Two. Two, we're going to talk about Image first. That's good. There's only four of them. Uh, You can roll it again to see if we talk about Marvel or DC next. What a great segment. Three. Three. Marvel it is. So we go Image, Marvel, then DC. Let's kick off with some Image books. Um, I'm going to kick off with the Wicked and Divine. Issue number... What fucking issue is this? 28. <gasps> this is written by uh, Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey on art. Uh, Colors by Matt Wilson. Um, this is, uh, you know, one of, one of image best-selling series uh, about pop stars and, and gods. And they're the same thing. And what happens when that's a thing? Mm. A great explanation of this. This is that's the, true. this is the finale of, uh, of this kind of, you know, what will become, I think the fifth trade of uh, Wicked and Divine. And, uh, When the last kind of, you know... Run of, run of issues that made up the last trade ended it, it, they actually said in the letters this is going to be like the most action packed this series will be for a while so yep. don't expect all the thrills of this issue again and every issue since that has just been crazy <laughs> like all kinds of wild action and crazy yeah. um, re- um, revelations uh, this one especially and then there's, there's a there's a kind of letters section at the end and Kieran Gillen's like yeah so I ended up changing my mind and <laughs> that's why this, this issue was so you know this these last few issues have been so nuts
1: Were you um, satisfied with this arc finale
0: so this is a book that like for whatever reason even though i generally enjoy each issue i always leave it to the end and yep. uh, in fact it the last time an issue came out i didn't
1: review it on the show because i hadn't read it yeah in time. it's dense it's complex
0: um this is a, it's it's the funnest this has ever been at the oh, moment fantastic. now i think because like, you know you really know all the characters and then not doing that thing where it's like hey now that you know all the characters here are 10 more yeah it's just like it continues to explore the characters that have been with this series since issue one. Oh, you know, great! These these pop stars that have you know incredible powers and are these you know this this cycle of gods who are trying to um, trick this death that that is uh, you know inevitable for them. Yeah, uh, it's 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 you know it is complex. It's also if you are. Allergic to, to youth speak You may hate this mm. But uh, I think Kieran Gillen Has a great, great grasp of, of, of the language of the young Okay uh, So yeah I, I really enjoy this I think you would quite enjoy this series Yeah I've too. read the
1: first trade I think it's really great But there's too much stuff to read That it just kind of fell away uh,
0: There's nothing more fun Than uh, a series ending And reading the entirety of it In a weekend yeah. And I feel like Actually, I don't know how long they're going to get this one going. Maybe yeah. 60 issues? I don't know. So That's what I'm looking forward to. We're almost at the halfway, halfway mark. We're going to get a, a one-shot set in a different era with uh, different iterations of these gods uh, next month, and then they're going to continue shortly, oh, cool. after, shortly after that. It's really fun when they do that. Kieran yeah. Gillen and Jamie McKelvey are two great creators. McKelvey's art is so fucking good. So good. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed this issue. Um, Seven to Eternity came back. This is the Rick Remender and Jerome Opeña um,
1: collaboration. Drew um, Pena on uh, on incredible art
0: again this is another fantasy yep. high fantasy book have you read any of this before no
1: I've the trade came out like a month ago and I've almost bought it every single time I've been into Kings so, look I
0: know this definitely has its fans like, like all Remenda properties do you know he's, yep. he's, a, he's a great writer and I know that if I spend any of this you know review of it Condemning or like saying mm. You know I wasn't interested By this particular issue I know that Three issues from the Down the track I'll be like This is the best book Romen has ever written Yeah Because I've been I've, I've had been at this point With all of his image books Low Black science Deadly class I've been like Why the fuck is it doing this Yeah Or this book isn't for me And then all of a sudden It's It is 100% So yeah. criticism of this book Like generally uh, It just feels like 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 pointless Because he He, yeah. he just He's such a talented writer that he'll just suddenly just introduce a new status quo and you'll be like yeah. oh my god i'm so glad i stuck with it for those issues because now it's such an incredible rich
1: little world because of it it feels invalid to criticize it week to week rather That's than right. as it's a month whole month, yeah, yeah yeah
0: um but uh yeah so this is seven seven to eternity issue five like i said extremely high concept fantasy um i, I made a comment earlier about how dense all the books were yeah. this book took me a long time to yeah. read it's it's
2: Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com
0: The dialogue is so heavy. It's, you know, referencing this insane mud world with magic and there are different kinds of magical beings and we learn the oh, backstory awesome. of so many of them if that you know I, I, it, it definitely feels like the closest thing to like Lord of the Rings that Remender's ever done he's done some you know fantasy leaning stuff in the past but this is just absolute you know tolkien-esque you know but yep. with it, with the uh, the gritty edge of his comics uh, <laughs> it's it's a it's difficult to even just to read this month to month, yeah. So I would absolutely recommend this one being a trade weight, just yeah. Because you're like, what? What the fuck is this weird magic thing? And
1: whenever you have stuff like that, I always feel like oh, I'll have to go back and read the three issues. Hopefully, I've still got them somewhere in my house. Yeah, yeah. It's a leave
0: it, leave it close to you while yeah. you read the next one in case you need to reference it again. Uh, it does have um, a pretty decent chunky recap page as, as oh, all these awesome. comics do, which is very important. So at yeah. least there's that. Um, but uh, yeah, look, it's an enjoyable book fantasy is fucking not my thing mm.
1: I, I know it is quite for you right like, yeah I like fantasy a lot yeah genres where do you put it between DreamWorks and Warcraft? Um well it's DreamWorks is uh, the fantasy aspects of DreamWorks are my favourite DreamWorks <laughs> animated films <laughs> when I'm talking Shrek talking about How to Train a Dragon stuff like that How to Train a is very good it's awesome
0: I've never, I haven't seen the second one but
1: I really like the it's first one it's really good the second one I think is even better than the first film
0: all these little film film asides we're
1: having that's, I know well I love cool. movies what can I say That's what they call you, Alexi the movie guy.
2: Yeah, that movie boy. (laughs)
0: Uh, So uh, over to another book, Motor Crush, issue three by Brendan Fletcher, Cameron Stewart and Babs Tarr. Um, This is uh, the book. Have you heard us talk about this before? Yeah, briefly. Uh, So uh, it's in a crazy futuristic world. uh, And um, our our hero, whose name is not Motor Crush, but I like referring to her as Motor Crush, (laughs) is... She can take this crazy drug that you're meant to just feed, like like basically in these illegal street races, you feed this drug to your motorbike called Crush. But she can drink it, and (gasps) like, and she becomes Motor Crush. That's right, (laughs) the beloved superhero, just like Popeye before her. She has a, uh, a, yeah, she has. I got to eat me my my, Motor Crush. (laughs) Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we don't know much about her backstory. She doesn't know anything about her backstory. She lives with someone that she assumed was her father, but found out recently that that isn't the oh, case. Oh, cool. Um, and uh, contrary to what I thought would happen, uh, her father figure character has not died mm. in these first four issues yet. He's stuck um, around. He's absolutely being set up to die, I feel like, in the first oh, issue. Oh, no. Um, but uh, we learn her backstory. It's like an almost Superman-esque um, tale. They... She's discovered by who, who become the guy who becomes her father uh, in a car crash, um, and her mother and father have died. Mm. But there is an enormous, like upside down pyramid, um, like an alien pyramid, oh my like goodness. kind of hovering. I don't know what the fucking. There's just a lot of stuff to take in. Why the decision to make the the alien a pyramid? Yeah, like straight up, there are scenes in which our characters are getting traced by a fucking glowing triangle. Yeah. Um, this is an, otherwise a beautifully drawn book. I don't know why you would just be like, "Hey Star, your artwork's fantastic. Can you draw a triangle?" Yeah. But they did. And uh, that's what that's what, what the, the, the 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 alien looks like in this book and um yeah, the colors are pretty cool. The yeah, everything else about the book looks. I just mm. don't understand why the fuck you would make it a fucking triangle. Maybe we'll learn that, and I'll be like, oh man, I'm so glad they made yeah. it a pyramid. That's <laughs> so cool. Um, but uh, this is not what I saw this book panning out to be. Yeah, it's the end of the first trade this issue. Um, so I would still recommend this when it comes out in first trade. It's a pretty fun tale of street racing and and uh, you know weird beginnings. But uh, this is yeah not what I was expecting this book to do, and it did that instead. Okay. Green Valley, number seven, by Max Landis and Giuseppe Camincoli. Uh The image book that I, I hate read, yep. alongside most of Mark Millar's books. Um, it's now gotten to the point where, in, as silly as it is, I kind of enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, it's just become like a straight up, like a knight and some dickhead from the 80s time traveling. Okay. Um, it's like, it's really, really dumb, but it's it's fun. That's my review. Okay. <laughs> it looks good. Camoncoli's art is good, although some of his... um. Some of his faces are really funny and blocky he draws like real weird teeth learn look at look at your teeth more Giuseppe Come maybe, on you'll Joey. Learn, maybe you'll learn a thing or 26 oh. how many teeth do we have I reckon that's all right 26 I reckon that sounds right 13 on each side right probably <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's the image books this week uh, what do we say next Marvel yeah Marvel oh man. We had to say goodbye this week, Alexi, to uh, one of our favorite books since we started the podcast, Power Man and Iron Fist by uh, um, David F. Walker and Sanford Green. Um, And uh, this was just like kind of like month to month, like my just just a book that I always enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, It was really fun and it really like, you know, was inspired from the the roots of these characters. Totally. Um, And, you know, it's one of those, I've been talking about it a lot lately. It's now whenever a comic book property or a comic book character is announced to, you know, being part of the Marvel Universe, I'm
1: like, oh, fuck.
0: Yeah. Because if it's someone that I like, I know that that means that, no matter what what, what they do in the TV show, this character that I love in the comic books is going to change. It's going to seep
1: back into it. And that's what's happening with Power Man and Iron
0: Fist. At least um, David F. Walker is staying on the Luke Cage book. Yeah. So hopefully we're going to get a continuation of the themes that they had in this book. Um, But, uh, you know, Iron Fist it's unrecognizable compared to the version of Danny Rand TV show. that we, no, 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 sorry. I mean like the, 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 the new iron fist book that Ed Brisson's doing okay. now. And that iteration of Iron fist is unrecognizable compared to what we've seen yeah. in, in this book. Um, but all those gripes aside, like this is a, is a lovely send off to, to these characters by these great writers. It's been like, I could not recommend this higher. It's mm. if, if you like fun superhero comics, this is just had fun in spades and it was, had these great, Hilarious concepts Like this concept Of street magic So you know Like we We always hear about Street level heroes Yeah Who fight street level level Villains yeah. And it's always You know A little bit more urban And no one really has Superpowers But this This brought in The concept of street magic Oh that's awesome So it's like And, and, and there was like Like yeah Like the The, the source of supreme But the street sorcerer I don't know What actually yeah. call it But yeah Like And uh, it brought back A, a villain from um, one of the most beloved Marvel runs, um, Runaways by
1: Brian K. Vaughan. Have you read Runaways? Uh, no, but those, I'm those aware first of it. eighteen issues you will love. They're yeah. very, 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 very good. I love Brian K. Vaughan. I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> That's right. But they, brought, <laughs> but they brought him back
0: with a really great twist, and um, you know, they, they, they kind of put a cap on, on on at the end of this issue, like you know, it kind of wraps that in up really nicely. So you know, Marvel can either not bring him back and it'll be fine, or, yeah, you know, I, I'm hopefully that they, they do something with. With Alex Wilder from Runaways And also the rest of the Runaways yeah. But anyway I don't want to stop talking about Runaways I'm talking about Power Mountain Iron Fist It's been a great run um, And I, I'll, I'll stop complaining about What happened to it Although I think yeah. it's fucking I'm not actually going to stop complaining I just I yeah. hate that We get this brilliant 15 issue run And in return Like you know To say thanks to the creators For doing such a great And you know Yeah it undersold But like Everyone who fucking read it Fucking loved it mm. It was so great and I hate that, like, they get rewarded by, okay, cool, none of the concepts that you introduce in this run are going to be in continuity yeah. now. Like, we get this really grim, hopeless kind of, like, version of Iron Fist. And because of the Brian Bendis, Jessica Jones book, he's broken up um, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, Ooh. kind of. Um, so, like, these two characters are now nothing like they were yeah. At the
1: start of this run But at least you've got this whole like separate thing I think that's that's good, it stands alone Yeah,
0: but I just like I, So many of these, con- there are so many crazy concepts in here Like yeah. this ridiculous character Of like this one kind of dumb joke they made There's a character whose name, you know Normally you always get like, you know uh, Like the, you know, Doctor Strange Or yeah. Brother Voodoo Like blah blah yeah. And then in this one, the street magic Like the most knowledgeable street magician Is Senor Magico <laughs> But he became a really compelling <laughs> That's character. awesome. Like, so much to, yeah. to a point that I would love for you know, this creative team to, to do a mini series just yeah. about Senor Magico. I'd read the fuck out of that. <laughs> um, we got great Start the
1: petition, dude, you've got eight hundred people strong. That's
0: true. Um, we got like, you know, a great version of, of, you know, one of my favorite Spider-Man villains, Tombstone. Um, and, uh, he shows up again in the next comic I'm going to talk about. Um, and just like, you know, like he had such a great grasp of balancing so many characters in this run and you never felt too lost. Um, and I, I really, really loved this world that he created. It was, it was like a, you know a street level comic that felt very much in the in like the kind of seventies esque kind of mm. origins of these characters, but also felt very, very effortlessly modern as mm. well. And uh, I think uh, this is like one of the big, big losses from from Marvel. You know, they 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 love killing good things as often as possible, but I really felt this, and now I feel Damn. like this is like. I think Squirrel Girl is the only long, yeah. long comic that I've been reading at Marvel for ages, so it's a bit of a bummer to see this go.
1: Dude, Levin's just spiraling right now. Yep, I can't handle it. This is it. like
0: when you watched Pete's
1: Meteor. Yeah, this is it. I know it feels. Is that like the episode that you it. almost cried in? Yeah, that's the one I do cry, <laughs> and I think I cry. I re- I had a nervous breakdown after that episode. So, uh,
0: yeah. So look, uh, th- this has uh, been a great, great run. If you loved it, uh, tweet at the creators and yeah. let them know that you fucking loved it because. Uh, uh, I th- I feel like you know no matter how how well received critically your book was like having dwindling numbers and a cancellation must fucking suck mm. and this is David F Walker's second cancellation at Marvel in in a year his night Night run only lasted six issues and we yeah. love that too so if you follow David F Walker on Twitter um you should start if you don't and then just you know let him, let him know how much you loved this series, how much you love his, his writing, his grasp of these characters, and definitely pick up his loot cage when it Come launches. Come on, do it, guys. Let me fucking begging right I'm now. fucking crying I'm on my knees. <laughs> I'm fucking it. bawling my fucking eyes out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's up next?
0: Kingpin, number three, Oh, by Matt Rosenberg, who is fast becoming one of my favorite writers. Okay. Um, and uh, art by um, uh, Ben Torres. This is uh, a book that, again, you know, brings in the kind of iteration of a TV version of a comic book hero bring you know mirrors it a little bit so we see Vincent D'Onofrio's kind of take on the Kingpin cool. seep into the Marvel universe he's easily the best thing about yeah. the Netflix shows so far he's
1: maybe the best thing about the current cinematic universe yeah
0: he was so so excellent especially in the second season when he shows up it's suddenly the yeah. you know, the, the best that 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 series got um but uh it's this awesome uh like you 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 feel so bad rooting for the kingpin. Mm. You you want him to be a hero in this, but also you're like, I mean, the kingpin's the worst dude in the world. Why yeah. am I rooting for him? Um, it's it's he's a, got soul. He's basically trying to. It's 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 about he's asked a, a woman to to write his memoir, yeah. write write a book about him, and she needs the fucking money. Oh man! But she knows she's, he's a bad bloke, and uh, this is just about her kind of. She's questioning people that so she can kind of find out if, if he is a good or bad bloke, and one of these people
1: happens to be Tombstone. This is so cool. This is the kind of intimate story that I crave from comic books, there and I think so, what the medium yeah. does best is this kind of thing. There is so little action in this book. Yeah. So
0: little has happened. It's just like these like you know these these great conversations that happen between characters, and there's so much tension, and you know this this great level of uh, you know just not really being sure what the fuck Kingpin what what his endgame is if he's a genuine like good dude sometimes yeah. or if he's just always a crook and this is the side of himself that he's trying to force himself for, force the rider to see um, and then we also get a, a genuinely scary version of Tombstone which you know is stark contrast to the, to the kind of goofy version we saw in Power Man and Iron Fist but uh, you know it's still very very good and this ends on like a proper compelling that promises some big action in the next ep- issue
1: cool very good very very good awesome this sounds great
0: Silver Surfer number 10 another extremely good issue cool. um, uh, this one written by Dan Slott with um, art by Mike and Laura Alred who are two of the best uh, artists working over at Marvel right now extremely beautiful pop art um, and this is a I guess almost a one shot that ties into The Ultimates which is a book written by Al Ewing that mm-hmm. we enjoyed last last year uh, and uh I would highly recommend picking this up if you read the Ultimates because it okay. a lot of uh, one of the b- the biggest things the Ultimates did was uh, they they turned Galactus from Galactus the, D- the Destroyer into Galactus the Lifebringer and no one else has really done anything with that version of the character and it looks like he's about to go back to being the, the Destroyer again but this is a book that kind of deals with Galactus as the Lifebringer of course Silver Surfer was his herald and um, he gets called to to the aid of uh, of, uh, of Galactus um, and um, Something He basically has to help Galactus And in doing that Dawn Greenwood His, uh, his partner in this book um, mm. His girlfriend uh, he She and, and Silver Surfer Get separated On either, uh, either side of the universe And um Silver Surfer asks a favor of one of my favorite cos- cosmic characters, and it ends in a really beautiful way. Cool. If you've not read much of this series but always wanted to give it a look in, this is a perfect place to start. Um, the art is phenomenal because the you know the more cosmic and weird you make Mike Allred go, the better um, it's going to be. So uh, yeah, I would highly recommend everyone pick this up. It's an excellent issue and shows how you know really sweet and cool this series can be. Cool. I might leave it with you while I uh. When I when I leave, you, you oh, will really cool. enjoy this. it's well. Really All right, good. awesome. Um, Captain America number twenty one by Sam uh, by uh sorry Sam Wilson Captain America number twenty one by Nick Spencer and um, Daniel Acuna returning to the art and the interiors on this book, which is awesome because he's a great artist. Um, did you read this? No, I did no, not. Cool, I know you you ended up in your stack somehow. Yeah. Um, this is, like, you know, they're, they're very, very close to Secret Empire, which is the next big Marvel event. Have you read many Marvel events in your lifetime? No, never. They're almost all bad.
1: Yeah, from what I've understood from being an avid listener of this podcast, I've never been interested in it.
0: And Marvel have come out and said that, that Secret Empire is their last enormous kind of line-spanning cool. event that they, for a while, um, yep. you know, which probably means about a month. Yeah. Um, but it, it sucks because it puts so many... Ongoing stories on hold While they tie into this event Some of them manage to pull it off well Others it just fucking sucks But um, uh, This is like you know This is the last issue of Sam Wilson Before Secret Empire happens And long story short It's one of those boring um, Character writes Main character writes a letter To another character And then he It ends with him quitting He finally gives back the shield The pressure's been too much on Sam Wilson And he's going back to being Plain old Falcon and uh, no, he's not Captain America anymore. Okay, cool. So you fucking won, you white supremacist yeah. dickheads. Sam Wilson's not Captain America anymore forever, I guess. Really? Nah, he'll probably, I reckon he'll totally end up being Captain America. So that <sighs> I'm would be so fucking out of the weird loop. if he wasn't. I got no idea what's going on. He's a good guy. <laughs> I reckon, man, give him to David F-, F. Walker. Put him on the yeah. book. It'd be a much better book than Nick Spencer who was doing great stuff at the start, but I just think this... like, like I'm already feeling exhausted by Secret Empire. It hasn't even started yet. Mm. It starts next week. Zero issue. Oh, wow. Which costs like fucking nine Australian dollars oh, if you want to buy it. it. Starts next week. Uh, and apparently we're getting three issues of Secret Empire in May. So they're really like... They, they know the, uh, the fatigue has already set in yeah. on their readers, so they're going to try and burn through this event Smash as quickly as possible. Because normally they last almost a full year. Yeah. Civil War II just dragged on and on and on. It was rough. Um, Doctor Strange and the Sorcer- Sorcerer Supreme, number seven, by Robbie Thompson with incredible art by Javier Rodriguez. Last issue, I stopped reading this, issue five. Mm-hmm. Last issue, issue six, was a choose-your-own-adventure. Oh, cool. So Siobhan was like, it's a choose-your-own-adventure. I was like, God damn it, I'm back the yeah, fuck yeah. on board. Back and in. I'm so glad I was because this is a great issue. This is like this crazy, uh, basically the Sorcerer's Supreme is like this timed like, hopping adventure comic about... Um, Isaac Newton is like the main bad guy And um, at the request of Merlin All of these sorcerers supreme oh from, from within Throughout time and different Throughout time and space Have come together to try and stop um, Isaac Newton from uh, unleashing Hell upon our Earths and um, this this issue takes place on Earth as um, Isaac Newton beat and his uh, mindless ones beat the shit out of all the Avengers mm. and Doctor Strange and his Sorcerer Supreme try and stop him from uh, unleashing this amazing, terrifying Kirby esque creature who has hands for eyes. Oh, it's un- unbelievable! He still has eyes. Oh in my the god, that's so cool! But like, check out this incredible like the, the final panel of this like weird shadowy wow. figure. Wow! Yeah, so good. Um, this was a this was a, a really really great issue and um, I highly recommend this series if you want a fun you know Avengers esque
1: if you want a freaking comic. trip out dude what's that if you want a trip out just yeah man if like you it. like
0: fucking eating shrooms and yeah, just reading dude. reading some trippy comics just bro. getting
1: freaking into it <laughs> laying back and enjoying it letting it soak over
0: Rift Monster issue <laughs> issue seven two toots. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, the Unbearable Squirrel Girl, issue 19 by Ryan North, Erica Henderson. I know it's this every single month, but I love this book so much. And um, I know that people d- don't read it, um, fucking hate it. Because mm. they just think it's this dumb dumb comic about a dumb superhero who sucks. But that's yeah. not right at all, idiots. Okay. Um, this is a great, great fun book and um I
1: love hearing you guys talk about it, so I'm always always interested in this one. Well it's
0: like it's like the the airplane or flying high of comics, and yeah. there is a joke on like literally every panel. Mm. And it's so it's so relentlessly funny in so many different ways because like and, and also, like, you know, we, we complain a lot about sassy characters, and unfortunately, a lot of these sassy characters are female. yeah I hate being, like, a, a show that always complains about female superheroes, but they're all written... So many of them are written in the same, exact same way, that, like, mm. it's, like, sassy, quippy kind of, like, you know, superheroes that yeah. fuck up all the time and are just rude. And I'm yeah. over it. I wish you would just write superheroes differently, but... Um, I realise that Squirrel Girl can be that, but at the most, like, you know, she will be that when she has been thwarted by a supervillain. Mm. And so when that side of her comes out, it's joyous. It's not like, you know, that, that archetype of character is so boring when the characters are like that all the time. Yeah, But yeah, when, when she lets it out and she's, you know, she, she lets the sass out to her, to a her, her, like, you know, this woman that she thought was awesome at first and now has turned out to be this horrible villain who's trying to take over the, the world with her animal powers. Um, you know and she just starts being real sassy and it's and it's awesome it's so funny yeah um, but uh yeah this is the penultimate issue of this uh, of this run cool i uh, not this run sorry this this this, uh, arc. this current arc and um i'm uh, i'm very invested we also uh get that there's kind of like they introduce these two characters um, who are under mind control a um a chicken and a bear and at one point um hmm. the, the chicken um it's alfredo the chicken and chef bear and the chef was instructed to, to kill and eat and, and cook the, the chicken. Yeah. um, so That's the bear. So, the bear was bear was going to eat the chicken. So, we had like a few like, of these backups of like this bear chasing the chicken. And now they've made up to the point where they uh, have now signed. They're now legally married.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> In one page. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. It's really great. It's really That's fun awesome. and silly. I love this book so much. And you hear about him. You talk about it every single wo- month. Yeah. I'm into it. Um, finally I left this on the last So we can talk about Something that I know you are reading
1: Yep I hope you're reading this I am I haven't read this issue though God damn it Alexi It's just because uh, You gave me a task to read Nine or ten things this and week And a trade Yep Yeah so uh... <laughs> I'm, I'm
0: talking about Star Wars Doctor Aphra. Um, and uh, look, I really love this series. I thought this issue was really good. It's written by Kieran Gillen. It's written by Kev Walker. We don't really need to talk about this issue specifically. Yep. Um, I don't want to spoil it for you. And I feel like, you know, it, it wraps things up really well. It's, oh, great. It, it, there's, a, there's a beautiful moment between Dr. Afra, Afra and her father. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I thought, you know, this character has almost kind of been portrayed as someone being incapable of having those connections with people. So yep. it was nice to see it happen. Great. it felt earned as well. Totally. Like, I think very, she's a fantastic character. So I wanted to talk about this um, before we get into our, our final reviews of the episode yep. because uh, I know that you relentlessly—I'm already throwing you under the bus. Relentless yeah. is not the right word, but you collect all the Star Wars comics because yes. you are an avid Star Wars fan.
1: Star Wars is my favorite thing in the world. I adore it, and uh, I, it's getting back into the new canon of Star Wars Marvel comics is what got me back into comics over the last like two or three years.
0: So yeah, when 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 Marvel, sorry, when Disney bought. Lucasfilm. Yeah, it meant that um, Marvel got the Star Wars comics yep, back. back off so, dark, dark Horse. And not only that, but they, they Lucas Lucas announced that um, all media created yeah. the, with the Star Wars banner now is canon, equally so, standing
1: canon. So basically. all of these comics are canon.
0: Yeah, um, and uh, I've 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 spoke at length about this with Steel Saunders yes. from the Steel Wars podcast, who I who also. Has every Star Wars comic on order and buys them all, even though he fucking hates pretty much all of them. Yeah. Uh, And then my co host on HeyFam, Angus Truscott, also has them all on order and buys them That's how we all became friends. He doesn't read any of them.
1: Yeah. I'm a little bit behind at the moment on the last, probably last issue or two on each of the runs. I'm a little bit behind, but I'm still buying them. So at the moment, I.
0: Pretty much do not like any of them Except Dr. Aphra
1: Dr. Aphra is my favourite currently as well And yeah.
0: it's funny because she is not someone That's carried over from the films or, Which, the, or the cartoons This is someone that was introduced In Kieran Gillen's very good Darth, um, Vader, da- Darth Vader run, Vader run. Um, And uh, she's the, co- the book's even stronger now That it's just a book about her it totally It's is. in the Star Wars universe We don't have any real known characters yes. In fact we're finally going to get a, um, her interacting with other Star Wars universe characters uh, next month Yeah There's a, bo- a mini-series called The Screaming Citadel Which looks like a team-up between her and Luke Skywalker
1: Very cool When I saw that ad in one of the other comics this week It got me very excited to collect a new book Yep um, I think I agree with you totally. Dr. Afra is one of the best Star Wars comics because it does what I want uh, Star Wars Expanded Universe content to do. I want it to expand the universe. We're getting a whole new character. We're seeing a whole new side of the galaxy. We're meeting all new characters throughout this whole book. Whereas the other comics, it's following pre-established characters. If anything, it feels like it's closing the universe off. And it's been the same thing that's been covered on this podcast a lot. How the the canonization of these comics does change. It does has a negative impact on the films. Like you were saying on the last episode, how the uh, Luke reading about Yoda ruins his interaction with Yoda. And that's the stuff that keeps on getting covered in these books that just drives him a bit crazy. And the ones that have felt like standalone stories are the comics that I've enjoyed the most in this Star Wars this new Star Wars comics universe.
0: Yeah, like I still maintain that the best has been the Lando mini Totally,
1: that's number one with a bullet.
0: And then Doctor Aphra, like pretty much immediately after yeah, you know, I'd that, say like Doctor Aphra right?
1: tied with the Han Solo. Uh, oh, that was that rump. was a fun little romp. Yeah, 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 I thought it was great, and it was it understood the character really well, and it was just showing a totally separate adventure with that character that doesn't have any impact on the films whatsoever.
0: The um. Did have you read? Have you read the Darth Maul? Yet? I've read the
1: first issue, and that's so fucking. It's was a like little the dull worst one yet to me. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's a little dull just because he's a fascinating character, but I think it's following uh, a kind of. It's just. It's trying to do something where it's just like, hey, here's an adventure with this character in a way that I find not interesting. It's You can do that with really pre-established characters like Han Solo, where you just send them on a mission and that's interesting because you're following this character that you love. But Darth Maul is a character that's surrounded in mystery. When you're putting him on an adventure, you're not invested in it at all because you still, at the core of him, what's most interesting about him is the mystery of who he actually is. So it's just another adventure. You're not gaining anything from it whatsoever.
0: Yeah, the, um, they just announced, sorry, in, in, the, in the most recent issue, I mean, issue two, actually, mm. there are a bunch of Rebels characters show up, so maybe that's interesting. Maybe. maybe What's worse to you, like the cartoons or the comics as far as...
1: Uh, I haven't watched Rebels for a while, but I like both. Okay. I mean, I'm a diehard source fan. I'm going to love it if it's got Star Wars stuff in it. You so. famously
0: quote yourself, you say this all, all the time, that yes. you don't
1: view Star Wars as movies. I do not. They are modern mythology. Yeah. <laughs> On
0: to the final review Although no, the final of this dice roll We've still got other, a couple other comics yep. After we get through DC Oh my goodness I'll try and be real quick That's okay We've all got places to be Not um, me I'm hanging out in my own home right now <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wonder Woman issue 20 By Greg Rucker um, And Billquis Everly um, This is... Uh, one of our favorite books. It was recently announced that Greg Rucker is leaving the series at issue 25. And so we absolutely see everything building towards an incredible explosion. Mm. Uh, Bilquis Everly um, filling in. Well, not filling in. She's, she's going to replace Nicola Scott on the book. And she's doing an amazing job. I, I, you know, it, it's, it's very unique. It's, she's rapidly becoming one of my favorite superhero artists. Um, but uh, this is a, This is the kind of present day Wonder Woman story. Cool. Is it? I can't even remember where we are actually. Maybe this is the. <laughs> I don't even know, but this is great. I love this so much. Um, it deals like you know how in, how intertwined the lives of of Wonder Woman and and, um, and Cheetah have been. You would actually love this as a, as cool. a completed run. This is going to be a really fun oh, one to read from start to finish. But. um has uh my my we 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 do something on the on the uh, on the facebook group again that's facebook dot com slash group slash serious issues podcast where we um i'm trying to make it a real big thing there but i, I think keep, so keep forgetting it until too late in the week uh we do panel of the week yeah um and uh you post a picture of uh, of your favorite panel and um Whichever one gets the most likes is, is is our panel of the week, and this week I cheated a little bit. There's an incredible splash splash wow. page yeah. of a character revealing her true form in this book, as uh, all these uh, incredible events happen around her. And uh, this one, our panel of the week, um, so well done to very Benquist, Sailor really. Moon esque, so good, man. It's, yeah. And, and uh, there's there's an amazing reveal because also another another you know kind of ongoing threat. Um, across the kind of uh, Timelines that they're telling With these, uh, with these issues Is uh, is Ares the god of war mm. And um, we learn that He's going to be Brought back into it again So um, Yeah It's just fucking cool I love this so much um, probably My favourite DC issue this week Although You know what came close? Hal Jordan And the Green Lantern Corps Cool Didn't even give you time to guess uh, issue 18. <laughs> I just love that this book has finally become what I want it to be. This ridiculous kind of like space police thing. The Green Lanterns and the Yellow Lanterns are, have teamed up and uh, and are trying to work together. So it's great because you have the, you know, what's the, when you have the mismatched cop thing. What, what's that trope called? Uh, buddy cop? Buddy cop. It's a buddy cop drama, except instead of like two cops, it's, Two cores, cool, and 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 and, it, and it, so you have all these all these different lanterns trying to like having struggling to work together, and at the heart of it, you have um, Guy Gardner and and that uh, some other massive yellow lantern who recently beat the absolute shit out of each other to prove a point. Um, so when all of the yellow and green lanterns start fighting, Guy comes out and he's like, "I can't believe I've got to be the adult here." If you mm-hmm. don't know, Guy Gardner is the hot-headed kind of marine um, from uh, Green Lanterns, and uh, uh, it's just a, it's a brilliant moment there's there's all there's great moments for all of the lanterns in here it's you know you've got john stewart you've got Kyle Rayner you've got guy gardner and you've got um of course hal jordan and uh cool i'm all about this book it's really really fun it's exactly what i want from you've the had a green tumultuous
1: relationship with this book do i or oh, is, isn't the green lantern books the ones that you've kind of been hot and cold on over the well, over the time th- there was run? a book called green lanterns and oh, okay. we straight up dropped that because i hated
0: it so yeah. Much. but yeah this one hal jordan and the green lantern corps has always been oh, pretty cool. good Uh, The Flash, issue 20 this week, um, uh, is kind of a one-shot that that kind of focuses on Iris West. um, And I I guess you're led to believe that she's going to discover that um, Barry Allen, her her boyfriend, is The Flash. But this issue instead ends with uh, her... Wrongly linking him to a, uh, a criminal organisation That she infiltrates at some point in this issue um, It's cool that they're kind of still Still building on, uh, on, on themes that they introduced In issue one of this run um, And I, it, you know, this is very much a long form story mm. uh, This is a good issue Awesome uh, Action Comics uh, the New World Part One, Number Nine Hundred and Seventy Seven, by Dan Jurgens and uh, art by Ian Churchill. Um, at, the, at its core, this is this is the first one dealing with the aftermath of the Reborn arc with Mister Mister missile Spitlick. Um, and uh, I don't know why, but they've decided to retell Superman's origin story. Oh, what happened to that guy? I'd love to find out. I've read Superman's origin story more than any other superhero. Totally. I own three trades in which it is told mm-hmm. like it, it's straight up that they, they are the origin. I think one's by Jeff Johns. One's by Mark Wade. One's by um, John Byrne. Uh, I don't know why they've decided to tell it again. This time we're kind of seeing it as Superman observe his origin and is like, yeah. that's right. That's what happened. No, my parents. It's like, I don't know why they're doing it. It's still fine. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know why they're doing it. We're, we're, and we, and we kind of, uh, there's a, there's a, there's a shadowy figure who's uh re- who's revealing himself to some of Superman's greatest enemies. Um, so that's going to be revealed soon too. Superman is, is better than action at the moment. Okay. Kind of always has been. Uh, Detective Comics has its, uh, I guess its weakest issue since um, James Tinney and the fourth took over, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, 954 the number of this issue. Uh, certainly the weakest art. I'm not even going to say his name because I don't want to shit on someone by name. I just said I did not. In compared to how great the artwork mm. on this book has been issue to issue, this was certainly the weakest with like very bad digital inking. Um, but uh, this issue had the, uh, the the amazing glory of ruining an issue of a comic that hasn't even come out yet. Yeah. Um, because uh, Batman like like Rachel Ghoul is in this book. And it's revealed uh, that, uh, basically it says, it, it ruins... In an editor's notes? Yeah, in an editor's notes, it's like, just like what happened in All-Stars Batman number nine, which comes out next week. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it doesn't really ruin the story, but I, I don't even know who's going to be in that comic. And, yeah. Uh, that's, that's the, the culmination of, of Scott Snyder's current current arc. It's kind of a bummer that, I don't know, we know how it ends, I guess. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know, this, this uh, I know this this book will be good again, but this really felt like a an in-between issue. Uh, so, yeah. Suicide Squad, issue 15. The most ridiculous issue of Suicide Squad yet. Is that good? Triple Crossing. This is the Ocean's 12 of Suicide yes. Squad. Yes. Um, where someone that we thought was dead turned out not to be in dead, but in- and instead she turned out to be- have the upper hand all this time. Oh, my goodness. Speaking of hands, Deadpool... dead. Sorry, Deadshot's Deadshot. hand gets chopped off by Katana. And now he has a robot hand. Oh, no. Why are you doing this to Deadshot, no. DC? I don't know why. A whole bunch of other things happens. I don't know why they're continuing this weird kind of half anthology-esque format where one artist does the first 12 pages and then another artist does the next 12. Yeah, bizarre. But it looks like uh, it, the next arc is going to be Amanda Waller teaming up with uh, Lex Luthor. So that might be fun. Burning through these reviews, mate. New Superman number 10 by Jean uh, uh, Luan Yang and... Um, uh what's his name? He's great. Bogdanovich—I don't know his first name—is, uh, but uh, this is the, the Chinese Superman. This uh, sounds
1: always so interesting when I hear you guys talk about it. This, in particular, was
0: a very strong Great. issue because um, it had a lot of interactions between between the new Superman and the Superman uh, over in Metropolis. Mm. Um, Victor Bogdanovich is the name of the artist on this one, uh, and uh, yeah, and Lex Luthor was a main character in this arc too. We also saw an alternate version of Flash, uh, and uh, all these different Chinese superheroes. There was a a, a, a trip down to hell mm-hmm. um, And uh, yeah, this was great um, Especially the interactions between um, the, uh, the Chinese Superman and uh, Metropolis Superman Were very cool Good issue, good series Highly recommended Great Finally from DC uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws I haven't talked about this comic for a little bit Because I've been behind But I caught up I loved the last issue but, cool. And this issue um, was weird In that it just chose to recap that Last issue for about a third of it, which oh. is always strange when comics decide to do that. It's like when you get an editor's note where it's like, See, last issue, Ed. I'm like, I did, because yeah. I'm reading this series, <laughs> I don't understand. Um, but uh, this uh, book is cool in that they uh, they've sent Red Hood to the um, the place that he was killed when he was uh, Robin, mm. and um, we, we, there's a really great Bizarro moment in this. This is the weird team up of of uh, Red Hood, Bizarro, and Artemis, and we yeah learning more about Artemis' backstory in this arc. This is a good book. Real good. Okay. Cool. Those are our DC reviews. We've only got a few more to go. What's next? Then we get to talk about a trade. We're here for hours, mate. Uh, Grass Kings over from Boom, Matt Kint, and Tyler Jenkins. We loved issue mm. one of this. In fact, did I tell you to pick this one up?
1: Yeah, I read issue one on your recommendation. Fuck, I should have given you issue two. We yeah, could have talked about this together.
0: Right. Um that's uh But this... Um, this is a great, great book by Matt Kint and Tyler Jenkins. Um, I already said that, but I'm going to say it again. because It's they're two good a gorgeous art as well. Unbelievable watercolour art. Matt, Matt Kint just attracts that in an artist. Mm. Uh, and he is that in an artist. Um, but uh, yeah, this is the story about a, like a kind of like a gated secret kind of community. Mm. Um, and the town... That, that that next to it that wants, that doesn't want that community to exist anymore because it reckons it's full of criminals. And, uh, we have lots of incredibly personal moments in this, uh, a girl's gone missing from the town and turned up in this community. And she's rescued by someone that, um, is, has a lot of darkness in his, in his past. Yeah. And he, he kind of relates to her because he reminds her of his, his daughter and he kind of tells her his story, but, he seemingly thinks that, you know, after realising that she's asleep, that he's just been talking to himself and this is a really bummer moment, but it turns out she's wide awake and she's listened to the entire thing. Um, there are a lot more other moments and that. There's a very kind of grim, violent moment at the end, but uh, I just love how deeply personal this book can be. Yeah. And Matt Kent's an incredible, you know, writer of personal interactions between characters, and this is a very strong book for it. Well, Heathen, don't tell me you're reading Heathen too on our recommendation. No, no, no. Well I wish you did cuz you should be. Yeah. <laughs> but uh issue 3 of this incredible book which is uh written, drawn and colored by um Natasha Alterici and uh, letters by Rachel Deering. This is a uh, a book that comes out through Vault Comics uh, and we've sung the praises high praises of issue 1 cool. and 2 and uh, it just continues to be such an amazing book an exploration of Norse gods and mythology. Oh, awesome. Um, we see our, our main character is a, a a girl who has kind of been shunned by her community. Um, and to kind of you know show show her worth, she chooses to free a god and um there are lots of you know names that you 'd be familiar with if you read thor comics or if you for some reason read north mis- north mythology that mm. isn 't thor um but uh even without that connection to that mythology it 's a really really fun and uh, and compelling story um about like someone trying to prove themselves and then about these you know gods who are even though they seemingly have so much power, they're restricted by by other gods and, yeah. and 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 their long histories, where you know they've all fucked up at some point and still paying the price for those fuck ups. Um, we're introduced to a, a new character in this, and uh, I think he's going to be a really great addition to this to this epic. I highly recommend he right. it's one of um, the bu- one of the best books we're reading, and, and it's cool. beautifully printed. The paper stock is yeah. excellent, and uh, her art's amazing. Um, and and I, I just think, like as a whole, like. Add Natasha Alterici to your ones to watch list. Okay, I hope that she's scooped up yeah. by a, by a big two, so we
1: can. Ah, it's st- really cool. It's kind of like a mature Disney. Yes, absolutely. A dirty it's Disney super type. Super beautiful. Thing. Yeah.
0: Um, and I just you know. I think there. Are, I can think of so many characters over at Marvel and DC that are just you know, especially you know, female superheroes. We complain about them all the time. Yeah, I would love to see. Her take on them Because I think she has A really great grasp Of these of these gods And yeah. mortals In this book And that would go Very well over at Superhero stuff Speaking of gods Alexi <gasps> American gods I've read um, the novel Of American gods Which is written by Neil Gaiman Yep um, This is issue 2 Of the comic book adaptation Which has been adapted By P. Craig Russell And Scott Hampton um, Did you like the book? Yeah And there's also Going to be a TV show Coming out soon Yeah very as well. soon um, I, This issue was awesome One of my, okay. my favourite books I read this yeah. week Yeah um,
1: what issue is this issue? Issue two. Issue two. Yeah.
0: Um, so we've, we've, our our um, main protagonist is um, is out of jail, yeah, and you know now, like, kind of figuring out if he, if he should work with this guy that's introduced himself to him, and uh, they get very drunk in this issue on Mead, and uh, yeah, it just balances just like you know very laugh out loud moments with yep. these poignant moments of you know where he contemplates death and his history and his time inside and his future. I love this book. It's really, really great, and I I wonder if I would like this comic as much as I'm enjoying it had I read the book before, because Mm. I generally don't like adaptations.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things because it's so surreal. Like the first, I'm not sure if I haven't haven't read the comic. The first image in the novel is stuck with me forever. It's a woman gobbling up a man with her vagina. That
0: was the backup in the in the first. Yeah, I can't
1: even. In my mind, I've spent years imagining what that would be like and I just can't quite get it so I find it uh, I, that's I, that's why I'm not so sure if I watch a TV that series w- or anything because sure. I think it's so fascinating to just have those surreal images being created in your own mind yeah for sure um, it works really well
0: as a, as a, as a comic
1: great at, at I'll probably get mind. into it who am I kidding it's really good yeah um, books good- suck comics rock <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've said for years and I'll stick to it it's tattooed on your back it is and it hurts why? Because I keep picking it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a new tattoo. Um, also, uh, another book that we enjoyed, really enjoyed, number one of, uh, was Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys: mm-hmm. The Big Lie. Number two, written by um, Anthony and, uh, Del Cole Del- and Werther Deldra. Um, what we loved the most about this was that this is the kind of route that we wished that Riverdale took, yeah, with uh, its take on like these beloved characters with so much history, and you know, making them a bit edgier and modern.
1: Uh, this nah, Riverdale 's doing it cool just to make him hot that 's what I care about <laughs> just deny someone 's asexuality yeah, and make him just make, make him with... sexy dude exactly uh, this book is very
0: sexy I think cool. but uh, it's uh, it's on, in particular kind of um, explores the character of Nancy Drew who we only really saw introduced at the very end of the last yeah. issue and we see them kind of get into this like high stakes poker game okay to cool. prove their worth um, as they try and uncover the uh, the mystery of who killed the hardy boy 's father. Uh, we we learn about you know their, their history as 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 friends when they were kids and they've fallen out since then. But this is them kind of reuniting to solve a mystery. It's really cool. It's a great awesome. great series. If yeah. you have any love for for these characters or even just mysteries in general, this is a really good one. Or just child <laughs>
1: child crime solvers. They're great. Yeah, because your favorite one, Fantastic Five.
0: Okay, great. Thanks. You're man. good on the spot. <laughs> yeah, you are the that, tr- one's that one's real. That is real. <laughs> it yeah. It <laughs> Uh, another book that we enjoyed the, the next two are number two Lots of number two. Okay Helena Crash number two From IDW um, Written by Fabian Rangel Jr Art by Wal- Rorick Johnson-Cardwell um, And uh, this is uh, Just like this Really cool comic That I, I guess Is like a spiritual Kind of uh, Sister to um, Chew over at Image, mm. uh, in that coffee and all these other things have been banned in this world. And so there's an under- underworld racket of, of coffee smuggling. Yeah. And Helena Crash is uh, this kind of girl who flits between different gang affiliances and doesn't, do- isn't loyal to anybody. And um, we, uh, we are introduced to some of the, the shadier um, characters in this underworld and uh, some bad things happen. look like they're in store for our Helena Crash. It's a fun book. The art is great. Yeah, the art's awesome. Um, it's super fun. Real good. Uh, finally, Redline issue two. This is the uh, book that's written by one of the writers of Archer, um, Neil Holman. Uh, Archer
1: the TV show, or Archer from the Immortal Brothers? No, Archer the TV show. Okay.
0: Uh, and art by Clayton McCormack, um, who ha- he also has TV um, background. He did some stuff on um, Samurai Jack. Oh, cool. Um, but uh, I, I kind of one of my biggest criticisms of the first issue was that. Those, you know, nonstop quips that Archer is famous for Doesn't really work as a comic When you're reading all these dialogue Because you don't read in the right tone That kind of thing mm. It definitely works a lot better in this issue Okay And um, they let the the plot kind of uh, be first and foremost um, As opposed to just like, you know, funny, funny yeah. chokes So yeah, I really, really, really enjoyed this issue Compared to the first one And just as a whole, very good uh, It's about like a a future world with aliens in it and, and and a an army corps kind of trying to solve mysteries and they go to a strip club and there's a uh a big the first picture one of the first things we see is uh a, a severed penis
1: dude let me have a look at that <laughs> what do you think <laughs> that's fucking cool man oh. it's a guy's knob chopped off <laughs>
0: I'm I'm really in a habit of picking the dumbest thing we say in each issue, each episode, and naming the episode after (laughs) it. So, this one's going to be called A Guy's Knob Chopped Off. Okay, cool.
1: Thanks, man. (laughs) What an absolute honor. Uh,
0: So, that's red line number two. That is all the issues that we reviewed this week, which leaves us to talk about a trade. (gasps) We finally get to talk about this trade, Alexi. What was it?
1: Oh, my God. It's called The Electric Sublime by W. Maxwell Prince Martin Moraza. With Matt Lopes, Lopes or Lopez?
0: Um, so this is a book that uh, we raved about when it came out issue yep. issue. There have been four issues so far and apparently it, hopefully it will return.
1: Oh, I hope so. It says in the back that there's um uh, a whole new renaissance, The Electric Sublime.
0: Great. Amazing. Can you show me that page? Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. That's exciting. October 2016. So it's late. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> are you sure that, such as advertising for this. this one? Maybe,
1: but they didn't go to they didn't explore any Renaissance works in it. So I assumed that would be the next adventure.
0: Yeah, these are just um, no. These are just uh, ads for the current. Okay,
1: this current thing. So you're wrong, Alex. Okay, sorry, sorry to break it to you guys.
0: Um, so we raved about this enough for you to buy issue one. Yeah, which you
1: enjoyed and then forgot to buy the rest of. Yeah, it, I didn't even know it, it caught up so quick. I can't believe the trades out already.
0: Yeah, comics are good like that. Yeah. Because um, I, I realise how many people just buy things in trade. Yeah. But this is an incredible series. It was a uh, a murder mystery book set in art.
1: Yeah. And it's very cool. It uses the art form so well. The, the art form of comics, but also the forms of the individual artworks that they visit in this. It's kind of like the page master, but with art. <laughs>
0: Was that the uh, Macaulay Culkin? Yeah, animated, cut, animated movie. Yeah, wow.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like that where they would hop from painting to painting, and I think it did something so cool where it made you excited thinking about what of the great works of art they could explore and how they would look uh, from the view of a three dimensional kind of uh, landscape that they could walk through.
0: Yeah, and I, and not only that, but um, we also like you know famous famous uh subjects of artworks became mm. characters yeah so edward munich's the scream yep um, he became vox that's right yeah and uh mona lisa um he dies in the first yeah uh, in the first is- issue
1: and you see her rotted corpse with her eye dangling out that <laughs> that's some really special and really inspired stuff like that's really like that's something that i could never in my mind think about creating
0: so I throw this in your bag this week as a bonus. Yeah,
1: uh, and you told me that after
0: finishing this morning, you texted three people straight away. Yeah, to, to say
1: to tell them that, that to read it to get on it straight away because it's just such a it's such a specific thing. It's so like to to use art history in this way to kind of create a mystery, but all the characters are so grounded as well. It doesn't feel hollow at all, and just when for me the magic moment was when there was a little hinting that. Uh, Guernica was going to be like the final level in this and Guernica is one of the most amazing things I've ever experienced It's Picasso's humongous painting I saw it in person and ever since then it's just been stuck in my brain it's like this one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life and to see that actually be executed on just like a couple of pages uh, in a way there's hints that it always changes and I think far out that they totally understand that piece of work
0: yeah, so um, this is a, a relatively new writer, W. Maxwell Prince. Mm. I, I, I'm sure he put, would have written maybe novels in the past. Yeah, but he, he did one called A Week in the Library for Image last year. It's all well, a graphic novel, which is really, really great too. Mm. Um, but a very high literary concepts. Yeah, this is a high art concept. A very clever writer. Um, we got two heroes in this book. One of them is like a, uh, you know, like your, your classic kind of grizzled uh, cop. She. Mm-hmm. She's you know been doing it for a long time, and this art bullshit is out of her league. Yeah,
1: um, and I, I, I
0: can't remember. does she get forced
1: to take this case, or is uh, she works for? Um, it's like a is it's a it's kind of a precinct of art. So th- she's kind of involved in our her partner is her uh, her lover partner not her cop partner is, um, is is an artist. I think she works for a division that is involved with artistic crimes of some kind
0: and uh, she teams up with uh, someone who, who who was an artist mm. but has lost his mind He's a dream painter now and uh, he he regularly has visions of like a, a what would you call him like a a, a paint one of those marionettes yeah. that he use for 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 painting yeah, the for, human form yeah
1: um and
0: he, he it's like it's one of those wooden guys wearing a beret yeah <laughs> which is an excellent and reference.
1: he's seven foot tall he kind of is like a droid from Star Wars yeah he's very proper and mannered but also is can kick ass he's basically K two S O
0: yeah and so like at the heart of this you know there there are his villains include like a like a young boy who can yeah create horrible creations with his mind and mm. force people to do things through his art um, we see like you know like various Andy Warhols yeah. come after him um, there are so many incredible like you know it's it's a really fun and beautiful look at book if you just like fun crime books yeah but if you have great. an understanding of art history or you know someone that does like this book it is elevates it to another percent. And I have such basic like, you know, year eleven art theory yeah. kind of knowledge. But that was enough for me to go like, Oh, that's that. How yeah. cool. Like- and I
1: think it's so bold and it's so brave to be able to tackle like these are iconic works. It's not just like oh, we've made up this painting, or we're going to go through all of Picasso. It's like they're choosing the the greatest works, and they're so familiar to everybody. Like these are w- works, like you know, Van Gogh self portrait, you know, Campbell soup. Everyone knows what they are off the top of their head, and to be able to ca- tackle those in a way that is so nuanced to tackle an icon with nuance is to me something that's it's sublime. Way. It's called the it's it's, it's electric, I would Electric. Say. It's a it's makes me feel electric. Like like
0: um yeah, so this is an excellent book. And like the, the like you know, it, it's pretty ballsy for an artist. Again, like Martin Morazzo I only know as being a feeling on the Nighthawk mm. um uh series that we talked about earlier in the um in the, in the episode. But uh He's like, you know, it's one thing to draw a really, you know, out of this world kind of book, but to tackle these famous Mm. artworks in a comic book, that's no mean feat. And he pulls it off so spectacularly.
1: And I think the way that it works so well is that the art for the regular world is so understated and quite, it's not plain, it's just understated and procedural so that when you do enter the world of the electric sublime, which is the world of the artworks, and when you're seeing the artworks themselves, they are just really great representations of those really powerful. Yes.
0: A hundred percent. Um, so, look, I really, really hope we get more of this series. Me too.
1: I'm dying I, for it. I think it's like, I,
0: I don't, I don't, it's one of those things I'm baffled that no one's done it before.
1: Yeah. For me, it really feels
0: like something that should have existed in like the early 90s over at Vertigo. Totally. Alongside something like, like The Unwritten or whatever, or, you know, or even The Sandman. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, this is one of my favorite series from our last year. And mm. um, I highly recommend everyone listening to
1: pick it up. Me too. Alex is going to text you all. I will, I'll let everyone know about this i will seeing it from the rooftops
0: So uh, those are all our reviews for this episode Which leaves us just to recommend some books that are coming out this week um, Most notable, of course, is uh, Secret Empire Number Zero Starting mm-hmm. over at Marvel uh, So if you want to uh, give yourself the pain of following an event once again Get on board uh, Marvel are also putting out the number one of a series that spun out of their last event Called Mar- Mar- Monsters Unleashed Which yep. is written by Colin Bunn um, we are getting issue 21 of Batman, which is the start of the crossover with The Flash called The Button,
1: oh, in which okay.
0: The Flash and, the, and Batman face their greatest foe yet, The Button.
1: Wait, like a button as in you press this button no, and the, the world will explode? Did you oh. read
0: the um, DC Rebirth? Uh, no, so not at all. In that, Batman discovers the um, comedian from oh, yes, yes. button He's in his Batcave um and so this is exploring that and it's actually going to tie into um the event that brought on the new 52 which was um that one called flashpoint flashpoint yeah um and so it's going to tie all these things together somehow i'm uh, tom kings on it and he's great so yeah. hopefully it'll be good but i i, I don't understand it's, <laughs> pretty, it's pretty the the concept of it is pretty unexciting to me um we also get two new um number ones from yeah. uh, image one of them is called Plastic. The other one is called Redneck. I've read Redneck. It's by Donny Cates, who, who we've really enjoyed his stuff over at God Country on. Mm. So uh, definitely looking forward to reviewing that one next week. And finally, I'm very excited about the return of one of my favorite characters, uh, Jeff Darrow's Shaolin Cowboy, uh, who is a uh, like a, a monk who has a katana and kills zomb- hordes and hordes of undead zombies. Oh, cool. And uh, the last time he did this, it was a six-issue run, and two of the issues were completely wordless, um, and just, just non-stop him carving his way through zombies. Far out. Um, so, Jeff Darrow is an unbelievable artist. God, and i I it- hope
1: they do a crossover with said
0: nation. <laughs> it's called Shaolin Cowboy, Who Will Stop the Rain? Great. Number one. I can't wait to talk about that next week, because uh, I love seeing some Jeff Darrow slicing heads. Mm, I
1: think Action. there's a new issue of Depth H. Oh, Yep. I don't know what Department to call that comic, H or, Department or H. That's my favorite run at the moment. Another and Matt Kent joint. Yeah, I love that.
0: Yeah, I'm um, looking forward to that for sure. Um, I'm glad you read that one. That's, That's a, it. It's, it's the
1: underwater mer- uh, murder mystery I've wanted my entire life.
0: <laughs> um, so thank you so much for listening. You can find us online, facebook.com slash series podcast. Again, please join our group, facebook.com slash group slash serious podcast. Talk about comics with some real chuckleheads all day.
1: And be nice to me. I'm in there. Tag Alexi. Yeah, you can send tag him a copy to it.
0: Uh, and uh, you can follow us online, slash serious underscore underscore issues. I'm at levdog, LevDawg, L E V D A W G, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Come and say hello
1: to me there. And Alexi. I'm at This Is Alexi on Twitter.
0: And of course, you should absolutely listen to his podcast, Blank Slate Movie Podcast. Yep. And
1: Mike Check. Yeah, please do. Mike Check would go through the entire filmography of Mike Myers. I've been fucking
0: begging Alexi and, and Cam for like, I feel like nine months now. Yeah. For, to let me do um, an episode of one of their podcasts about one of my favorite comedy movies, The Wrong Guy.
1: Yes. And we are saving it to do an entire spin off on for Mike Check because it involves Dave Foley, who we found out when we read Mike Myers' book is Mike Myers' best friend. What? Yeah, they're best friends. So wait, you want to
0: just do like one of those? Because like, like occasionally in the Mike Check. Universe. universe, yeah, we you, you'll do-, do like one, one, one-off spin-offs. Yeah,
1: we just did one called Murphy's Floor. We go through the films of Eddie Murphy just to see if there's any flaws, and turns <laughs> out a few. um But <laughs> uh yeah, we we do that from time to time. We're going to do one about Dave Foley called uh, the ho- the Foley Grail, and Levens is the host. Can't wait! So very, that'll be one day. Exciting. I've actually like I think I wrote my intro yeah. for it like
0: like eight months ago <laughs> I
1: totally hinted at it in one of them so the, the seed has been planted to create create this great episode I can't wait um, and we're also doing a live episode of that on the 21st of May uh, it's the Love Guru so it's the final piece of the puzzle the one that's going to make everything make sense and we're doing that at the Chippo Hotel there's a Facebook event and tickets are on sale soon for that
0: thank you so much Alexi for joining us it's
1: just a dream come true this is my actual favourite podcast So nice to say how many do you listen to? My um, listen to probably 20 podcasts. Yeah, I'm the same. And this is the one that I will always go to first and I'll listen to it over a few hours as well. Thanks, bro. That's Mainly because the episodes are two hours Very long. Very fucking so long. It's... Even if I listen to one go, it's over a few hours.
0: This is me trying to keep things short and we're at, we're at one minute 50 now.
1: So. Oh, nice. Nice. We, That's we, all we right. Did it. We did it. We're gonna be
0: we'll be under time. You want to, to, to plug your show a few more times? Yeah, I've hours? actually
1: got more stuff going on, guys. <laughs> I've got green lights comedy nights on the 28th <laughs> of April. It's the four year anniversary. I'm hosting. It's at the Gaelic Club in Sydney.
0: Go there, go, go see him him make you
1: laugh. Yeah, it's going to be an awesome night.
0: And uh, thanks, of course, to King's Comics for uh, helping us do this show every single week. Kingscomics.com, 310 Pitt Street. Go buy some comics. They've got a massive uh, event coming up soon for Food Comic Book Day on the first Saturday of uh, of May.
1: The Bills uh, going to be there, what I've heard. That's
0: right, and Nicholas Scott um, <gasps> is going to be there too, which is very exciting. So, very exciting. Um, lots of other creators too. I'll be there doing something. I haven't worked out what, well, but I'll be there.
1: Do a Zoom interview. Great. Get some talk, I did that last time. It wasn't heads. that
0: it wasn't that good, I don't think. But I can try I'll try and do something more fun. Uh, so thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Uh, do you want to invent a new catchphrase that we'll I'll force you one to say next week?
1: Please everybody look after your parents for me. <laughs> <laughs>